What's up, everybody? This is episode 112 of Cooldown Time. This is a weekly show where two ridiculously busy guys cool down and talk about video games. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about this week, Pablo. But first, I'm your graphically impressive host of the show, Marco. Joining me, of course, is the technical mess himself, Pablo. Pablo, before we get into all the games that we have to talk about on the docket, how are you doing personally, man? What's going on? Yeah, man, busy, busy, busy. I hate I. When I was younger, I used to hate when I talked to people that were a little older than me, and then they were like, "I'm busy, like I have things to do." And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my god, it's 24 hours in a day. You cannot be that busy." I, I've only have one kid and uh, only got the one wife, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, man, they're, they're they weren't lying, man. It is once you start to kind of commit to like professionally to certain things, and then you have the the home, the life at home, and all that stuff. Holy crap! It, your days become non-existent, really. So, I've been uh, I've been very busy in that front, but I've taken some time today, uh, and then a little bit in I think what when was the showcase Thursday to to kind of ingest some video game goodness here uh, and see you know what the future of video game looks like and what exactly I'm gonna have to nitpick to play not play and where <laughs> my money's gonna go because it's it's a crazy year man yeah that's the thing about these uh, these these showcases it's almost anxiety inducing for for people like us because you you think about how much time we have to spend on so many other obligations in our lives that it's like I don't know if I'm able to book you know, for lack of a better term, all these all these games that, that are coming down the pike. So as as two guys that own, you know, all three of the main consoles, it's like, man, what did I get myself into? Uh, oh, yeah. But it's like it's one of those things where you, you can't live with it. You can't live without it, because in the end, you want all the consoles. So you don't miss out on those big games that come on the, the consoles. Mm-hmm. But it's like I, I don't really have time for this, really, though. Um, but really. yeah, I'm, September's going to be insane. I'm nervous about September, man. That is looking like a stressful month in a good way. Obviously, there's some interesting bangers yeah, coming yeah. out, but it's like, oh my god. But yeah, I'm with you, man. It's been a busy time. Um, I think our our old man talk is probably ruled out like the the twenty mid twenties demographic of like should these guys are just like, boring. Talking about that bullshit again. He literally says they're busy in the intro. <laughs> So, hey, man, it is what it is. But uh, I'm with you, though. Busy, but hanging in there and uh, definitely excited to talk about games this week because, good God, it is uh, summer game season in uh, full effect here. uh, And and we definitely have lots of reactions to get into. But, Pablo, let's talk about what we have on the docket this week, if you don't mind. Yeah, me and Mark are going to talk about a specifically new strand of cocaine called Diablo 4. Uh, I'll talk about that. And it's time it's time for that it's it's time again for the for E3 non in 3 uh bullshit, the stuff that we hinted at. It's Summer Game Fest and Xbox Showcase along with the Starfield Showcase. We're going to talk about all of that. We got so many thoughts. So many thoughts. Yeah. Uh, but what people and that starts here. What yeah. people really want though is they want us to talk about Pinocchio based video games. So we're gonna probably hey, have to get started on that. So let's just go ahead and segue right into it, Pablo. Let's get into loadouts right now. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. 
All right, Pablo. So, you know, we, we have Diablo 4 first on the docket, but I, I want to just, let's just go right into Lies of P first, because, yep. uh, it, you know, those of you that checked out the, the, the Keeley 3, basically is what I'm calling it, he, uh, he, he dropped the little shadow drop announcement for Lies of P coming out, and so we all got a chance to uh, download the demo. Pablo, uh, talk about this demo, talk about Pinocchio, what Pinocchio means to you for the next 40 <laughs> minutes, please and thanks. No. I mean, look, if you go back to the uh, older episodes, you're going to hear me and Marco talk about Liza P and in not such endearing terms because conceptually it's silly. It's just a stupid ass fucking concept where you play as Pinocchio uh, and already sounds horrible. But I will say the 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 trailer they showed and we'll get into that in in our in our, in our checkpoint chat but the trailer they showed was was enticing and then the the demo comes out obviously i tried it and i have to say i am thoroughly impressed with the game i'm not afraid one thing about uh, i like about our show is when we're wrong about something or something is isn't exactly what we thought it was we're, we don't we don't double down or triple down on our, our accounts just to be right um i think this game is fucking fire i think it is the closest that we've gotten to a game that's trying to replicate the bloodborne aesthetic i think it's absolutely amazing looking i think gameplay wise i think it it works really well i played through the demo three times with three different classes and i will say that i don't find a lot of differences in a lot of them not like in other games but maybe that goes later on with the when you start to upgrade the players specifically but i'll say graphically i think it looks great i i like the way the gameplay feels it feels nice and smooth i like the character design uh i think it's it's really cool it's a little easier than 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 bloodborne and all those other games but that's okay uh they don't all have to kind of wreck my life as i play them but i I'm, i've enjoyed what i saw so much and the fact that it's coming out to game pass and it's it is in september but the fact that it is coming to game pass it, i'll definitely have this on my radar now a game that i was not in no way nowhere near even close to, to committing to playing now i'm definitely going to give it a, a chance because i i thought that it looked really good and um i can't wait to play more of it i i don't know if if I, i'm guessing you know because of uh, of the people behind it and, and just kind of just looking at the pedigree i, I don't know what's going to happen down the line if this is going to be a little repetitive if, if the uh, if the boss if the encounters aren't going to be as intuitive or as impressive or as or the world itself just going to be kind of uh in terms of design will be repetitive i don't know any of those things but right now off the demo itself it sold me on on a game that i was ready to write off completely all right well interesting little turnaround for you man uh you know as a soulsborn mm -hmm. guy i'm glad this one is kind of piquing your interest and uh you know we'll, we'll check on it when it comes out in its full form uh and we'll see yeah. if uh this is really something that uh, actually scratches that itch for you. But let's go ahead and move on. Speaking of scratching the itch, uh, we have the cocaine-induced itch, as Pablo outlined at the top of this, with uh, Diablo 4, Pablo. We uh, put some more time into it uh, from the last episode. Um, and, you know, I'll go ahead and chime in first. You know, I think for my playthrough, it's been interesting because I've spent more time kind of experimenting with classes than I have uh, fully committing to, you know, kind of making my way through the main story. Um, 
I'm not what you call like a diehard Diablo fan in terms of like, oh, I'm going to be playing this game for years to come and going through all these like world tiers, which for those of you that aren't familiar with that, it's basically like kind of like difficulty levels. It's end game mm-hmm. content kind of stuff. Uh, if you're not aware, uh, I'm not that person per se, but I am really enjoying the diverse and eclectic uh, variety that these classes uh, bring to the table more so than I think I have in any other Diablo game. Um, and, and I'll say, you know, because in the interest of time, we have to kind of move along pretty quickly for the the showcases but i will say um i think this is far and away probably my favorite diablo of the series uh and it's kind of not close i think it just does everything i loved from two and three and and some unique new stuff that it's bringing to the table as a sequel and it's kind of sandwiching all that together in, in in a way that i really like but um how is it holding up for you yeah, same. I'm 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 not experimenting as much. I've pretty much picked my barbarian and I've stuck with my barbarian throughout. I am what I am obsessed with creating a specific subclass, which is a whirlwind subclass of barbarian, and that's basically been my motivation to keep playing the game. I I I say that I like the vibe of the story of Diablo Four. Please don't ask me what the hell is happening because I don't know. I was literally going to ask you like, hey, what's literally happening in the first act? Because I'm going place to place and I'm enjoying what I'm seeing, but I don't know what the fuck's happening. But that's not really why I'm playing the game. I am like obsessed with that. I'm, I'm, I'm like in FextraLife.com or a YouTube channel kind of looking up little ways to, to improve my world when uh, Barbarian and what do I need what what should I upgrade and what not. And I feel like that's kind of the thing that's pushing me to play because I... Every little, every little um, time, the further I get into it, and the more XP that I get, and I can put those points into something, that's like that's the crack, you know. As soon as I up, up, um, I up a level, I'm like, oh, go into my abilities menu and, and kind of go through those things and see what's going to bolster my whirlwind uh, build. Uh, but yeah, man, I, you know, I, I came into Diablo three a little late, and I was enjoying it for what it was. But this is kind of in a whole different uh, level in terms of what I'm feeling towards the game itself. Um, I, I love the gameplay. I, I love playing it. I think it feels great. I think it looks great. It's just a, it's just a great fucking game all around. And the thing that I never thought would be the thing that gets me coming back is the thing that that that's has me there which is like i said just chasing the build of, of, of my subclass of my barbarian and i i love it man it's awesome yeah it, it's it's delivering man i gotta give i gotta give credit where credit's due it, it really did mm-hmm. uh live up to expectations um last thing i'll say real quick i don't want to dwell too much on it but um people are kind of throwing a lot of backlash towards um them about you know the the microtransactions and the cosmetics prices which i would i, I would say are admittedly high but incredibly optional as well so um you know i, I don't see it as being a, a super nefarious thing that they're doing um to kind of nickel and dime the community yeah. I, if anything i think it's it's very clear that it's optional and the game does not do in any way, shape or form a lot of the like, um, you know, Pay grab you by the hand and pull you towards microtransactions. And did you know we have a store and did you know you can buy this? Like, unlike other games in this type of space, <clears throat> Destiny, uh, you know, this game yep. is pretty nice about just leaving you to your devices and go do Diablo stuff. And by the way, this is here if you care enough about that kind of thing to go ahead and do your thing. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's all I have to say beyond the, the actual game no, itself. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think a lot of people talking about that kind of diminished the conversation about other games that are actually nefarious in their attempt to kind of get you way more uh, to get your money. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, it's, 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 it is expensive, but you don't have to do it. I promise. <laughs> and in no shape, no time have I played the game and it says, Hey, go to the store, you know, cannot continue until you buy. 
uh, something. Yeah. No, it buy more coins. Nope. Uh, but you know that is going to do it for our admittedly condensed loadout segment this week. But as you all know, we have a lot of other ground to cover in the world of gaming. Uh, but before we get into that, if you like what you're hearing so far, consider subscribing to our show. Why? Because we drop new episodes every Monday on all streaming services and YouTube, uh, and it's pretty pretty good it's a pretty good time and if you're feeling extra cool you can also follow us on instagram and twitter at it's cooldown time to keep us in your fov in between episodes but pablo it's time to jump right in we're, we're beelining right past our hit point news segment because this is practically news all wrapped yeah. up into one here so let's just jump right in to the checkpoint chat it's time for the checkpoint chat showcases galore Lots to talk about, Pablo. Let's not waste any more time. We are going to be discussing the Xbox Games Showcase, the Starfield Direct, and the Keeleys, the Summer Game Fest presentation uh, <laughs> as well, uh, beginning with Team Xbox, of course. Uh, now, Pablo, uh, it was a pretty lengthy showcase, so we have kind of quite a bit of notes here. Uh, fair warning to all of you listening to the show. We're not the type, kind of podcast that just cherry picks two or three things to talk about and keeps it moving. We really like digging in all the way, giving our reactions to 80 to 90 percent of the stuff that we were shown to, to give you a good indication of where we're coming from with our uh, respective perceptions and and what have you. So we hope that this deep dive will be an interesting list. And for all of you who got a chance to check it out uh, as well. Uh, but Pablo, you know, when we think about the Xbox showcase, right? Lots of pressure, lots of attention coming into this showcase, coming off the heels of what we saw Sony do with a very disappointing PlayStation showcase. Uh, and so it looked like, for all intents and purposes, this was Xbox's opportunity to kind of steal back some of the mind share. So I want to start with a very similar question, Pablo, before we get into the games. A similar sure. question that we did when we talked about the PlayStation Showcase, which is, compare to me your pre-show hype and anticipation with the feeling, at least, of how you walked away from this. Yeah. I mean, before I, before the, the show itself, I, ha I had high hopes because I felt like a lot of the community knew exactly what Xbox needed to do in order to deliver a great show. And I felt that Xbox, since they're so in connected to that community, knew exactly what they needed to do in order to deliver. And when you look at the games that they showed out, if I were just to name them off, you would be like, oh, that's a great show. But the problem here is everything that they showed in between those things and how disjointed it felt and how how almost disconnected they 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 were from the reality of the situation so leaving the the, the conference after watching it there was i couldn't help but even though i saw a lot of cool things still feel disappointed not in the show itself as much but rather how xbox really they don't get it it feels like sometimes like it's it's it feels like they they misunderstood the the assignment in a lot of in more ways than one and we'll get into that i guess in detail but uh ultimately going before getting into it i was excited obviously because i felt it was an easy win and ultimately coming out i felt like this is probably the best showcase of the of the 
you know, of the year so far, but by such a small margins, it almost feels like it almost feels like they lost because they, they should have cleared that bar and they tripped over it. I felt like is, is what happened. Yeah, I, I think my reaction is going to kind of surprise you because um, I'm I'm kind of as as we've had some some hours literally uh, at the time of this recording to kind of sit with it and marinate on it a little bit. I've come away from it going from a pre-release stance of being very skeptical and pessimistic to feeling like this is a great step one in the journey of bouncing back from the lowest of the lows that we I think anybody who is rational can agree has been a very rough generation for Xbox so far right and I think when I say step one I I, I really want to put a lot of weight into that here with with a lot of my takes because I think it's important to to recognize that Xbox was not one showcase away from turning things around. I think even you know that. But I guess I'm just saying that because there's a lot of work still left to be done. And there's a lot of flaws that are still kind of carrying over from, you know, the worst of the worst Xbox that I think we're still kind of seeing and feeling here. But I, I walked away from this going from skeptical to hopeful, but I wouldn't go as far as to say that, oh, it's over. Xbox has got this. They, they righted this ship no. all the way. I, I'm somewhere kind of in that upward trajectory, though, um, but I'm not all yeah. the way at, I think, where I think a lot of like people are at right now where it's they're coming off of a high and it's like this was the greatest and xbox is back i think they're on their way but i wouldn't say that they got there just because of this one good showcase yeah i for me it just felt like the bar was so low to to, to come out like with the best showcase that i felt like they just stumbled way too often in terms of the little things that they showed and things that shouldn't have even been there. And even when they showed something that I wanted them to show, it, it, it being a little disappointing or not being showed or showcased in the way that I thought was the best way of them doing it. And it wasn't like, and it just felt like a little tweak could have, could have made this like incredible for me in terms of the feeling of it. But like you're right, no, nothing this show would have done was ever going to change the dynamic of, of PlayStation and Xbox and Nintendo. That that was never going to happen. But yeah, that's kind of how. But and I guess as we go through the games, we'll see exactly how we feel specifically exactly. about each game. Absolutely. And yeah. speaking of which, Pablo, let's go ahead and dive right in. Uh, and we're going to follow these games as close as close to the you know order they were shown as possible. We we snipped a few games out that we just didn't really have a lot to say about, maybe like five or six games. Uh, but we will start with none other than Fable, Pablo. Mm-hmm. Fable reemerges with an in-engine trailer. No date was shown, but a very interesting trailer to say the very least. And Pablo, I'm very curious uh, to get your thoughts on what you felt this this Fable trailer did for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that the trailer was weird, but I did like what they showed. I think, you know, the whether or not it's like fable humor, the, the British sensibility of uh, humor sensibility came through, and I thought that, that was cool. I, I, I liked I like the I like the vibe of the entire game, though it did, did feel distinctively different from Fable in, in in certain ways in terms of how you how I I, I think of Fable. But it, it was definitely Fable adjacent in, in its ex- expression in terms of how it was shown. But I thought it was cool. I thought the in- engine stuff was like kind of amazing, like graphically. I thought it was like killing that shit. It looked really awesome, 
Uh, and I was a little bit kind of, I'm not going to say disappointed, but a little shocked that they didn't give us a window because I thought for sure 2024 was going to be what they showed. But then again, th- that's them kind of being smart about these kind of things. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was fine. I, a lot of people are really talking about about this like, what, like it's their game of the show based on what they saw. I am far from that. I, I don't think they showed enough for me to feel that way. But I, I thought it was, I thought it was a good step in, into showing Fable for the first time, actually showing it for the first time outside of that teaser that they showed a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. So for me, I, I I didn't come away from this as positive to be honest with you. Um, I felt a little bit thrown off to be honest. I was. I'll be very plain, I guess. I, I, I was hoping for Albion, and I got Jack and the Beanstalk. And I just yeah. don't understand that. I don't know what what the angle is here. Like, I was in. Like, as soon as they started showing, you know, uh, what's that actor's name? I can't remember. Uh, you, you know who he is. Um, oh, uh, geez. Uh, it's going to... Sorry, guys. This is what happens when you record shortly after a showcase. You, your mind kind of turns into mush for a little bit. Papa's going to look that up while I keep on going. Um, but, you know, when they showed uh, him... Richard... Uh, uh, Aoyo, uh, okay, you almost said aioli sauce. I don't know why you did that, but okay, I'm going to go with that. Because it's almost aioli. Okay. It's almost supposed to say so, Fable aioli. Uh, it's a pre-order bonus, actually. Uh, no, so here's the thing. I was in up until they showed that he was this giant dude and the the woman in the trailer who was like the hero, I guess, or, you know, she was this little teeny tiny, and I was like, what is this? Honey, I shrunk the hero? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> so, like, I, I don't know what they're going for conceptually with this reboot. Are they are they literally trying to turn Fable into a game about Fables? Or, it, like, what is the angle here? And I guess I don't understand why a lot of Fable fans are sort of, like, glossing past that and going, that looked great, when it doesn't look like it's like anything closely resembling what we got from old fables. Um, I don't mind the art style, you know, coming up from uh, the more whimsical style to something a little bit more realistic. I think that's fine. And I actually didn't mind the British humor too much when I kind of sat back and thought about it a little bit, but that whole giant thing, like, I don't know what's going on there and I don't necessarily know if I like it. Uh, But that's where I'm at with fable. Yeah. I don't know if that was a, kind of like a a a game mechanic or a trailer mechanic to show the storyteller and then the actual story they're telling if that's some weird like infusion like i don't know if that's telling us that there's an actual giant in the game i don't know they're going the way of fable legends where like you're overseeing person looking down and you're telling the story and then they're breaking the fourth wall there's a lot to kind of uh, dissect when it comes to this trailer i just felt that i do agree that i don't think they were clear enough in terms of what exactly were they showing us is this just a, a trailer thing is this a, a clever way of telling us there's giants is this there's something else are are we going to start the game with someone telling us a story and then we're going to go down, you know, like is, is there an element to that? It just didn't do a good enough job to explain exactly what was happening. So I I was confused as well when that happened. I was like, Oh, wait a minute. The fuck is happening? (laughs) The fuck is that? (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, speaking of that, let's, uh, let's jump into the next game that we saw uh, a debut trailer for Pablo. And that is Mm -hmm. South of midnight from compulsion uh, featuring some stop motion style animations. Um, Absolutely zero game details were specified here. I have no clue what this game is. I looked up what I 
could and and doesn't seem like I've found anything of note about what this game yeah. actually is and there's no date either. So, you know, for me personally, this was a bit of a weird one as well. So, I have to say between Fable kind of weirding me out with the giant thing and then this not really being very clear on what it actually is other than looking cool, um I was a bit thrown off. Um it just mm-hmm didn't make sense that it was the second game they showed um and it made even less sense to not even know what the game even is so i yeah. i don't i wish i had more to say about it other than that it looks neat art uh, like art style wise yeah. but that's all i got yeah i think it looks super cool though i will say that and i agree i, I just think that the whole kind of uh new orleans bayou vibe was pretty dope yeah absolutely. Uh, the character that was playing the guitar was pretty dope and it, the the entire kind of thing i know uh, spider-man into the into the verse whatever into the spider verse is out and that kind of stop motion stuff is really dope this looked really cool like that as well um yeah i don't mind exactly sure what this game is it is but from compulsion games they did we happy few that's a first person kind of adventure game so I don't know if this is first person or third person, but I would like to know what we're doing. And, and I would I'd be interested as hell to know if when you're actually playing the game, if that same kind of stop motion animation is happening throughout, uh, which would be pretty dope. And I would interested to see how they would pull that off without, you know, making me throw up. But <laughs> exactly. I, I'm, uh, I, I am interested to see what this is. Uh, I, I think that Compulsion Games is a studio with great ideas and have, but unfortunately have not executed well. I think We Happy Few, when it was first announced, had that Bioshock vibe to it that I thought was really dope. And when you actually play the game, there's nothing like that at all. Though, uh, they, like I said, they had some good ideas. So I don't know what this game is. I'm looking at the xbox.com right now where they're talking about it but they're just breaking down basically the the game itself and not what the game is going to be but anyway um i'm looking forward to more in terms of what uh how this game looks in action uh but uh hey I'm, I'm glad that uh compulsion games is here it's one of the studios that xbox has probably talked the least about since they've acquired them so that's true it's good to see that they're they're still here doing something at least cool looking yeah agreed on that part yeah for sure uh, moving on, Pablo, we take a quick break from the first party stuff to show off Star Wars Outlaws from Massive slash Ubisoft, of course, uh, showing a debut cinematic trailer. And uh, sounds like the word on the street is that we're going to get a um, a little bit more gameplay shown off at the Ubisoft Forward event coming up um, pretty soon after this recording, unfortunately. Uh, but based on just the cinematic trailer that we saw, Pablo, did this pique your interest in any kind of way, or how did this leave you feeling? Yeah, I mean, Star Wars games are, are difficult, because I, I Jedi Survivor is, is a really good game that came out this year, but that's been kind of the the, the outlier for a lot of Star Wars games uh, in terms of quality. This looks good. I, I mean, the studio behind it is a talented studio, you know, with um, with the division and all that stuff. But I wonder what this is. Is this a division type uh, game? Uh, so I, I wonder if, if that's what they're hiding here, uh, a Star Wars game as service. Uh, but again, everything they showed conceptually looked cool. Uh, I just have to see it in action, the gameplay. To, to see what this game is so far the, the descriptor is an open world rpg um so 
I mentioned an open world Star Wars game sounds interesting. I want to see how how it, if they nail that, and we'll see. We'll talk about it next week if it's something worth talking about. So, all right, yeah, we definitely will. I mean, I'm interested. Um, you know, Massive is a is a unique studio that I think could do something cool with Star Wars, but. Again, it's the Ubisoft factor. You never know what you're going to get. And nine times out of ten, it's it's usually Ubisofty for better or for worse. And so, yeah. coming into it with some reservations and you know not really sure what to make of it. But it was a little strange to see it so early in the showcase too. Um, but again, yeah. you know, placement is it, to your point earlier. Feeling a little disjointed. I think this is one of those times where I was like, that's a little weird to put so soon here. Um, and I think that feeling. Yeah, it- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. If I'm and if and I'm, if I'm not mistaken, isn't aren't they also making the Avatar Frontiers? I have no idea. Of Pandora, I don't game? know who's making that game. To be honest, at Ubisoft, I thought it was. I thought it was them. Yeah, uh, not but too sure. It just feels like that. It's actually it is. I just looked it up. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Love their licenses, yeah, I mean, man. They, they love their licenses. Yeah. Shout out to Disney. Weird. But um, weird. Anyways, Pablo, let's uh, let's move it along to the next game that we saw. We which we uh, saw Payday Three get a new trailer coming September twenty first, coming to Game Pass as well. Pablo, uh, admittedly, this doesn't do anything for me. Not a big Payday fan. Doesn't really appeal to me. Trailer was cool, but you know, I think it was a case of being spliced in a way that looked cooler to me than the actual game kind of is as far as the series goes. Uh, but that's all yeah. I really had to say about it. How did you feel though? Yeah, I thought it looked really cool. I thought it looked like a huge improvement over what Payday 2 was. Uh, they had the outside part of, like, the... It's like the complete heist, the complete bank heist, mm-hmm. not just getting into the bank itself. So I thought a lot of that stuff looked really cool. Um, I'm interested to see exactly it, it, how it plays. And, and, and I know Payday is, 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 is a big... It's not a big deal, but it is a it has a very loyal community. Uh, and I'm always looking for that next game to, to kind of uh, suck me in. And, and I'm not sure that Payday is going to be that. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. But I have <laughs> to admit not it in did september really, <laughs> not in september anyway that's for sure yeah but it's definitely a game that looked really uh really cool okay uh, in terms of when you compare it to what the, its pre- predecessor so that's for sure well, we all have our flaws up next is persona <laughs> 3 reload this was uh unfortunately um spilled a little early because of atlas uh accidentally posting Sheesh. it uh, along with a couple of other things i think but uh nevertheless got to see the trailer in the showcase um, early 2024 coming to Game Pass. Um, Pablo, uh, does this you know as as someone who who admires Persona but isn't necessarily in love with Persona, does this pique your interest yeah. at all, or what do you think? It piques my interest because it looks like Persona Five. Um, okay. I don't know anything about Three. Everything that I've read about Three does not sound appealing in terms of like it's uh Shin Megami Tensei closer to that it's closer to that than the persona that we know today so I don't know if these adjustments or or, or this remake is going to address that if it's going to be a lot closer to the persona like four and five that I enjoy uh but yeah I mean I thought this is really cool that exists and uh the persona series is uh, like you said a series that I admire not exactly necessarily love but it's on Game Pass, it, 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 and it looks, again, like Persona 5, so it's something I'll, I'll definitely try out. What I, I am interested to see what you think about it, because I I know that you're a Persona guy. Yeah, um, I'm uh, pretty I'm pretty hyped about it. It looks really good. Um, found out off of the showcase that this will not have the bonus content from, like, the um, 
the Fez version or the portable version of Persona 3, uh, which is basically, mm. for those of you who are kind of newer to the series, it's like that's the royal version of Persona yeah. 3, basically, which included a female protagonist option, and this this uh, oh. this will not have that, actually. So it does seem to be kind of stripping some of those extra pieces of content away, which is, which is kind of a bummer. But if that means that's just because they're kind of doubling or tripling down on making some of the other core you know aspects of the game better or more robust then i'm all about it um if this is really nothing more than just a visual update but everything under the hood is the exact same though i don't know if i'm really going to be that hyped for it so it's going to be a wait and see as far as what they actually do to uh literally reload the game as the name implies uh but for for a visual i mean hey it looks really damn good uh so i'm happy about that at Mm. least um Let's go ahead and move on, Pablo, to the next game on our docket here, which is none other than Avowed from Obsidian Entertainment. Got a new trailer, okay? Found out the game's coming out in 2024, although no specific month was provided. Pablo, give me your thoughts on this one. I thought it was Sea of Thieves, and then I thought it was, like, first I thought it was Assassin's Creed, then I thought it was Sea of Thieves. Whatever they showed off a couple of years ago that was supposed to be avowed, that that game no longer exists. It's now this this game, which is a little bit of a more, I don't want to say cartoony, but a, a less realistic approach to its art style. I was shocked when it, it, it said it was avowed. I was like, man, there's something about this. It looks cool. It looked, it looked gameplay-wise, it looked you know, of the caliber in terms of quality that you would expect from Obsidian. But visually, it just looks not great. And knowing what I know about the game, that it's a smaller scaled uh, RPG in the vein of a a Skyrim, but it's a a smaller kind of contained experience. The fact that they wouldn't even even downgrade it, I'm going to say downgrade visually to, to this kind of art style, just felt a little bit, weird to me like it, it just looks co- I, and i went back and i saw the original avowed trailer the way they showed it it's completely two different games it's not even it's not even close so it's just interesting that the art style that they picked so as of today after watching it i was a little thrown off by it and i admit it was i was a little disappointed by by the entire kind of uh just just the way it was shown it, it maybe it'll grow on me and i'm sure obsidian is obsidian and and they're amazing and i'm sure this game's gonna be just fine but as it stands today as what i saw definitely disappointed in what i saw um yeah it's interesting because i'm of two minds about it um on one hand i agree with you um i do think that it was a kind of a, a weird trailer and the look was it honestly it was more like okay that's definitely the obsidian art style from now on because the outer worlds had a very similar like very vibrant yes. colorful sort of palette going on so it definitely feels True. like that's their aesthetic much in the same way that an arcane has that that their own distinguished style so the other side of the coin is that i kind of like them for that too because you know this could have been your typical gritty grainy gray brown run-of-the-mill high fantasy game looking thing and instead they chose actually hey we're gonna make this colorful (laughs) you know we're gonna have more than browns grays and puke greens to to show in our color palette and I, i kind of respect them for that um I thought the gameplay looked kind of interesting uh, with, you know, kind of the duality of the sword and like the magic with the other hand. I thought that looked good. Um, 
honestly, I'm not really that down on it too much. The trailer, I think, was the pro- was the problem. I don't know if the game is ultimately going to be bad. I think the trailer was just a little weird to me. It felt a little cheap. Sure. Uh, with like like the font yes. and like the, it just felt a little like too splicey for my tastes. And I think it needed to be a little bit more cohesive. And I think we would have probably liked it a little bit more personally. Yeah, I also didn't. I also didn't like a lot of the creature designs, like the bear with the shit on it. Like, I, there's little things I didn't like too much. In terms <laughs> well, that's of- <laughs> all right. First off, tell the people the truth. All right, that wasn't shit. It was a, it was an infection. All right, <laughs> whatever. That's just it was, a bear man, running I, around I just- with doo doo on his head. <laughs> man, ain't Might no well good. Again, I, I'm sure it's gonna be fine, but I was really disappointed. And I and I know what you're saying about the visual look, and you don't want those grades, those drabs. But it's not even about the art style; it's about the 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 fidelity of the of, of the art style. It just looks very cartoonish, and if I'm being honest, it looks very cross gen. It mm. doesn't look next gen to me at all yeah uh, and when you put that side by side other games that we've seen already in the in the showcase it definitely almost felt like i was like oh is this a mobile not a mobile game uh, uh like a like a like a double a or like oh. an indie first person yeah. kind of game that that's kind of the vibe that i got so but forgive me for for feeling this way i'm sure once obsidian comes out with this game fully it'll be fine and i'll be i'll be seeing its praises yeah. but as it stands i can only talk about what i see that's where i'm at because to me obsidian has not mm-hmm. done a lot that's let me down i mean i'm not a big fan of right. the outer worlds but that's just because i don't like games that are trying to be profusely funny uh, but the game itself was built really nicely and i thought it was a fun time um i, I i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt here uh and hope that yeah. you know 2024 is maybe a late 2024 where they can really kind of put sure. put some polish on there, add some shadows in there. I think that was part of the reason why it looked a little off. <laughs> is like at uh, the beginning of the trailer, there was literally no shadows on any of the people that were standing on that like dock or whatever it was. So I was like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I think that's why this looks a little bit weird. Um, so, you know, take the time. I I don't think they're in a hurry to necessarily get this done. I just hope that um, you know they can present this in a better way next time around. I, I guess sure. is where I'll leave it. Yeah. Um, Man, here's where uh, I know I know Pablo's Pablo's head started to hurt this part of the show because up next uh, you have this this duality of Pablo, right? You have the, not wanting to see Sea of Thieves, and then you get a Monkey Island crossover, which is completely Pablo in this weird yeah. mashup of do I want and do not want. Pablo, I can't wait to get your thoughts on this episodic uh, expansion coming July twentieth. Yeah. So at first I was like, see a thief. <laughs> and I'm like, is that Monkey Island music? I, I think where I landed at first was I cool. This makes sense. I don't want it because I don't give a shit about Sea of Thieves. Then I come to find out it's actually a single player experience. It's not it's gonna be it takes place in I forgot the domain where it's there's no uh multiplayer in. Uh, and it is actually a first-person point-and-click type of adventure game that will have three episodes to it. And right. that is pretty dope because there's already a, a change in the story where Guybrush is the mayor instead of his wife, uh, Elaine. So th- there's a little there's really cool stuff there. So they're definitely doing something interesting. So I, I came away with it pretty positive in that 
if it if they full on go Monkey Island and give me a three episode experience where I'm playing this game and it feels like a Monkey Island game in the Sea of Thieves engine, that's pretty dope because that 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 opens up a lot of a lot of few uh, a big future uh, for Sea of Thieves in terms of what they can do with that game as a platform. So that's pretty cool. But um, yeah, I, ultimately I came away with, like feeling pretty cool about it. Though I will say at first I was like, what the fuck? Come on. <laughs> well, let's move on to the next one microsoft flight simulator 2024 uh reveal trailer mm-hmm. uh coming ironically in 2024 that would be weird if it got delayed please xbox <laughs> don't do that phil all right just don't name a game after a year and then delay it to the next year don't do that um he's like i'm just doing the 2k approach that's all <laughs> Backwards, um, i mean look uh, this uh, i'm not into these games i i admire them from afar i do not play them up close uh, and it's no different here. Um, I think I played the last, you know, that Microsoft Flight Sim game for all of about a minute and a half. And I'm like, yep, flying in the air. And I uninstalled. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I don't see much of a different outcome for me. But hey, it's here. It's coming. And what do you think about it? I, I thought the interesting about it was that it now has certain things to do in the game yes. rather than just fly here there. Stuff, you, there's yeah. like a fire and rescue yep. and there's like those things that and i think that is the the thing that maybe it was missing for me with these games it's like it's a flight simulator so you're simulating how to fly and the whole fun of it is landing and taking off and just kind of uh, and the realism behind that but now that they've added some activities it's a pretty cool approach to kind of pull people into the game that are more orientated in like quest type of 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 gaming and so it's a cool thing um it's a, i'm not gonna touch it but i i'm glad that they're not you know abandoning this franchise for another 10 years but really kind of evolving it and i think that's that's uh that's yeah, awesome. it's commendable for sure yeah um, moving on pablo we see a new gameplay trailer for senua's saga hellblade 2 we also find out that the game is being given a 2024 release year but nothing more specific than that um pablo you know I'll, I'll go ahead and jump out first let's get the obligatory out of the way looks incredible visually looks incredible the facial animations uh obviously you know just the the overall presentation is is super locked in uh in a way that works really well for the character of senua um and her demons that she's battling in her head and and so on and so forth all that being said, I wish there was a little bit more gameplay here. Uh, I'm going to be that mm-hmm. guy. I wanted to see a little bit more like adventuring. Walk me through a location. Let me see some combat. You know, let me let me let me check out what the gameplay loop is looking like a little bit here. And instead, we just kind of got her talking to herself in, in in a puddle of water. And you know, that's fine. It looks it looks it looks cool. You know, but uh, I guess I was hoping for a little bit more than that. Um, but still, in all, like the combat. Yeah, that's what I said. Like the combat. Um, yeah. So I'm 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 still impressed with how this game looks. Getting to a point now where I'm not going to say I'm like getting impatient, but it's like all right, kind of want to know like what is evolving beyond the visuals with this game. Um and we're not really getting those answers yet, which is a little bit of a bummer, uh but still overall glad to see that it's still shaping up well. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I felt the same way until I saw the 2024. I'm like, okay, I guess we go, we still have fucking time to to see what this game is about. I will say I was thoroughly and absolutely disappointed that it is coming out next year. Uh, this was the first ever game announced for the Xbox Series X and S 
and it's still not out yet. So, you know, uh, take your time, obviously. Make this game great. I'm not I'm not mad about that. I just I just thought that Xbox, in my opinion, needed one more thing outside of Forza to kind of bolster the tier. Uh, and I felt like that would have been the game to do that. And so that's not the case. So I, I was disappointed about that. But in terms of how it looked, I, thought, I mean, come on, it looked absolutely incredible. Amazing. I am interested to see the combat because I think the first game, my main issue with that game was obviously the combat didn't ever felt fluid. It was very basic in its, in its, in its attempt to kind of, you know, uh, bring us combat within that game. So I want to see exactly if this game feels a little bit more intuitive when it comes to combat. If, if it's a new combat system altogether, uh, I'm just interested to see what they bring forth in in that in in that uh, part of the game. But we'll have to wait until it's coming out next year, so there is some time to see that yeah. uh, come to fruition. Please, no environmental puzzles. My God, uh, those ones from the first game were uh, so bad. Um, I don't know. That whole thing looked like she was in an environmental oh, puzzle. Man. So we'll see. Well, I hope not, but it, most likely yes, because that's just the trending of the industry right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Up next is Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth is the name of the next uh, mainline installment in the Like a Dragon series. We get a debut trailer of Ichiban on the beach, but a ball naked. <laughs> debut trailer coming early 2024. Pablo, I am a little bit worried about uh, these Like a Dragon games here. We'll talk about the other one that was shown at the Keeley presentation, but this was just a weird trailer for me. I, I, I know that it was intended to be funny. Oh, look, you know, he woke up and he's naked on a beach, doesn't know what happened. And everyone's kind of, you know, mortified and ha. <laughs> but like, what is... <laughs> why is it called infinite wealth that's kind of a weird subtitle like what what's changing i mean and, and on top of that i will say this is the last thing before i kick it over to you the the age of this engine they're working on the visuals it's starting to get a little creaky for me um looks old man looks like it's it looks like they haven't done a lot of of of, of upgrading in terms of visuals and presentation and i think it's high time they did that because it's starting to feel a little bit like last gen with lipstick uh, for me. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, early 2024, not too long of a wait. How are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that it's early 2024, um, but I'm interested to see what there's a showcase, I think, in, on Thursday. Uh, I'm sure we'll see more of this, but yeah. what they showed today in the Xbox showcase, I don't know what the other than they were telling us that they're in America. Hawaii or Miami so that's probably the new setting of the game which that is in itself super interesting and I'm interested to see if they completely are coming out of Camarocho and and in a whole new map that'd be wild because that's the first time that's ever happened uh so that's interesting to see uh but this trailer didn't really do anything for to to, to tell me what am I to expect and why it's called infinite wealth. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot to be left to be desired though. I will say talking about it now, I'm kind of putting it together. If they do come to America, maybe their whole kind of mindset is that there is infinite wealth in the Americas, the American dream, so on and so forth. And so probably trying to build some kind of empire here, whatever. That's just me kind of spitballing in terms of what basically doing the job of the trailer that the trailer is basically yeah. what I'm doing right now. So, uh, I am interested to see in terms of like location and what they have to say about the game, but I agree, man, it is a fucking weird trailer that didn't 
mean anything other than a dick joke. <laughs> um, they did the the they did the um, Austin Powers yeah. thing yeah. where they never show his penis, but they show him everywhere else. Things happen to be getting in the way of where his cock would be. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, I have yeah. no way of segueing out of that. Well, we'll go from cock to ass. How about that? Because they show yeah, Fallout yeah. seventy six. Uh, with the Atlantic City DLC teaser. Um, Pablo, let's just go ahead and ask the obligatory question. Why is that here? Why? Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's yeah, it, I don't know. When we talked about the PlayStation Showcase, right? I was, you know, one of those people. I'm like, just don't do what PlayStation did. Leave all the games and service stuff for another time. Save it for your next mm-hmm. Xbox Direct if you have to. Now is not the time to tell us, oh, and Fallout 76. Like, bro, we want a new mainline Fallout so bad, and you keep throwing yeah. 76 every year. Like, do you know what's going on, and do you know what people are, like, annoyed with about you with continuing to show this and the other game we're going to talk about for the same reasons in a few games uh, from now? Actually, let's just throw that in the in the pile now. Let's just... ESO, yeah, ESO Necrom trailer was shown to coming out on June 20th. Listen, I'm not poo-pooing the fans of either one of these games. Obviously, people are playing them, which is why they're still showing these things off and Sea of Thieves, of course. But... Again, you know, I think if there's one blemish I would say is like definitively bad about this showcase, it's like this does not need to be here in any capacity. And it they were. And what are your thoughts? Yeah, the same thoughts. I, I don't even got much to add. I, this is what I was saying that Xbox didn't understand the assignment because it's like, okay, the thing about X, the PlayStation is the games that service. All you had to do was take these out and tweet these things out and everybody would have been okay. I, I think the people, the ESO people would have been more than okay to just see a tweet of the new Necron with the trailer attached to a tweet at the end of it. They, they would be okay. They didn't need to be on the showcase. No. It just kind of diminished the flow of everything and then kind of just reminded me of like, oh yeah, this is a video game company and they're still trying to push this bullshit. It's, <laughs> it's, it just didn't work for me in any way, shape, or form. I didn't like it at all. Well, Pablo, what did you think about Path of the Goddess, a new IP from Capcom, getting a debut trailer and announced as a Game Pass title as well? Uh, Pablo, I will say uh, Capcom has been killing it in the game right now. Between Street Fighter, Monster Hunter coming to other consoles, Resident Evil 4... They've been they've been hitting more than missing to say the absolute least. So I have a lot of confidence that this game uh, is going to be similarly as good. Exo Primal's got me a little on you know a little worried, but you know if it's one of those like fun yep. silly romps, then I can see why that could fit their catalog well. This one looked really interesting though. I love the art style. I think the combat looks extremely interesting, um, and I, I'm very interested to see more of this game when they kind of reveal more about the story and what you're actually there to do. Uh, but where are you at with this one? Yeah, I thought it was Omanusha when uh, it, 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 everything started. I'm like, are they doing Onimusha? Is that what's happening? And then, no, it, it, but it looks cool. It looks super cool. I think there's um, there's a co-op. Uh, element to it because they show like four different warriors and that is fine but i I, in terms of visually the game looked pretty interesting yeah i thought it was like kind of dope looking uh and i hope it is like a secret odimushi game or something like uh, something 
having to do with it because it looked a lot like it in a lot of a lot of ways, especially the yokai mm. uh, in it. But yeah, it, it's super interesting, super cool looking game uh, at the showcase. All right, up next, Pablo, we see Forza Motorsport get the trailer that was already kind of shown before the showcase, um, yeah. but nevertheless, October tenth is the release date. Still got a chance to see the gameplay in the trailer. Uh, any other thoughts about this from you uh, leading up to its release? No, but this is the stuff that's so weird to me. It's like, look, Force of Motorsport, they showed very little of it, but it was the right move. And then it's like, you go, oh, Xbox understands their audience. But then they do the shit with the, they literally follow it up with ESO and Overwatch 2 is like, what the fuck? But I, yeah, October 10th looks cool. Definitely will uh, play it. It's on Game Pass. Uh, but, you know, I'm not really a huge fan of the motorsport uh, uh, games themselves, but mm. definitely worth a try. Yeah, I love GT7 uh, when it dropped last year. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes on this one to see where it stacks up against Gran Turismo. But, um, you know, I think the trailer itself was a little... Um, it, in a way, I get it because you, you don't want to, like, hog up time. Show, here's how a full race looks like. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a sim racer. You don't want to like bore your audience to death. So I get it. Um, what I am interested in, though, is the single player story or campaign, whatever they're calling it. I think that could be interesting in a way where it, if it does what it's supposed to do, it can be an interesting experience for people who are both sim racing enthusiasts and, and casual. Um, so hopefully they'll do something with that that makes this a little bit more accessible for uh, the sim racing newcomer. Um, but that remains to be seen, so we'll have to keep an eye out for more information on that. Uh, but you did mention briefly what else they showed, so let's talk about that next, which is Overwatch 2. Uh, showed yep. off new modes, firing range, story missions, co-op events, and such. Uh, looks like that update will be releasing August 10th. Um, this is a weird one for me, because I feel like they're, they put it here to kind of unofficially say, well, this is going to be our franchise eventually, so right, right. here's something to show you what we're working on. But it was also a bit jarring, because I just think, um, you know, it was, uh, it was in that weird middle patch of the showcase that was a little bit, you know, on the, on the drab side in some respects. Um, it's interesting, though, because the, the part of me that still holds a torch for Overwatch as a longtime fan goes, oh, this is cool. I'm glad they're updating it. But also I'm like, yeah, but I don't really know if I have the time, bandwidth, and energy to get back into the swing of things and, and you know, maybe get let down again. Um, but nevertheless, Pablo, do you want to go ahead and talk about where you're at? Yeah, I, I, I thought the same thing. I mean, I honestly felt like it, this is definitely them up talking their entire – Oh, we have uh, Overwatch, you know, talking about ABK without talking about ABK. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't really care about Overwatch anymore. I mean, I think that I've come to a point uh, where I've admitted to myself that I had a lot of fun with Overwatch, but Overwatch 2 is just not a game that I enjoy playing as much. And then obviously with, um, you know, with Siege just kind of taking over my life in terms of uh, the multiplayer game that I'm playing. I don't ever see myself going back to Overwatch uh, 2 in any capacity. So, uh, whatever. I just, I, I was actually, I felt as disappointed seeing this game in the showcase as I was seeing ESO and, and, and seeing Fallout. Just because it's, I, 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 game to service right now, man. I just, I don't care about them at all. I just don't, rather not see them ever. But, mm. you know, I know they have to pay the bills. Got you. 
All right. Well, the uh, the second uh, previously spilled uh, announcement from Atlas was Persona 5 Tactica, uh, which uh, got its debut trailer at the showcase coming out November 17th of this year. Um, looks to be a kind of a real-time strategy game with uh, taking the art style of Persona 5 and kind of chibiing it up, I guess. Um not liking this, man. Not liking this whole milking Persona 5 thing. It's getting a little irritating. Uh, just kind of want you to move on and don't don't run this thing into the ground. It was a great game. Um, but, man, between this and, and these spinoffs, I'm just kind of tired of, of Persona 5 everything, man. Like, let it go. So all I want you to do is let it go and move on. But they're not. And uh, so we got this next game. Uh, Pablo, I, I think I know where you're going with this one. Doesn't probably do a lot for you, but tell me what, if you have any thoughts about why. Yeah, it doesn't do much for me, but I, I like I, I like strategy games now, I guess. So it's interesting to see if, if, if knowing the, the pedigree of Atlas, if they do something that's like worth checking out. I will, I will say, though... This is kind of part for the course. They usually take a Persona game and then they milk the shit out of it. Because isn't there like two fighting games for Persona 4? They do this. Yeah, game. they do these weird and, spinoffs. Uh, it's, yeah. just, it's like 5 for some reason is like the one they just will not let go of. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll see um, what what Atlas brings to a, a kind of strategy type of game. Yeah. I want to see what they have. But yeah, it, the art style was uh, kind of terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't do it much for me. Yeah. Uh, up next, Pablo, we have an interesting debut trailer for a game called Still Wakes the Deep. Uh, coming early <laughs> 2024 uh, and coming to Game Pass as well. Pablo, tell me what you're thinking about this one. I thought it was cool looking, but it looks like a horror game. It looks almost like the yeah, Amnesia type games. Uh, I just I wasn't really like it didn't really show much, but I I don't know. I this is a weird trailer to have here because we're at the tail end of the show, and then you show me a trailer that shows me barely anything about the game itself. Like there's, it just it just there was barely nothing there for me to really uh, grab onto and be like, oh, this is interesting. I just it, it looked cool. I mean, I, what did you think? Uh, it, it's it was honestly very forgettable for me. I don't have um, a lot of anticipation for this one. It's cool that it's on Game Pass, but that's one of those it's cool that it's on Game Pass kinds of games where it's like I'm not going to look forward to this or have anything to say about it yeah. until it comes out and I get a chance to try it and see if it's okay or mid or or secretly good. But, um, you know, it doesn't do a lot for me. But I, I've heard people say that this one actually kind of, you know, piqued their interest a little bit. So some people are out there looking at it and going, I like it. So, hey. Um, what about it though? Own. What what kind of game is it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just the, the aesthetic or something like that. But it's it's hard to tell. Um, moving on, we have Keanu Reeves putting his Keanu. goofy ass on the stage, uh, talking about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven Phantom Liberty. We get a new trailer of this expansion to Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven and a release date. Of September 26th. Goodness. Pablo, um, this trailer was was a banger. This was fire. Um, Absolutely. I I thought it was a standalone thing. I even asked you because it looks almost like a 
better version graphically mm-hmm. than, than Cyberpunk was. There's a lot of really cool things that I that just seems like pure improvements over uh, Cyberpunk itself. Yeah, and and I think the story looks particularly interesting too. And I think that's where I, I, I place the most confidence in uh, CD Projekt yeah. Red is like I know they're going to tell a good story because that that Cyberpunk 2077 storyline was really well done. Uh, and it just feels mm-hmm. like they're going to build on that in a really interesting way with some continuity based on what happened at the end of the main game uh, with your character V. Uh, so I'm really, really curious to see where they're going to take the story next and uh, what happens, man. That yeah. new area looks pretty interesting as well, too. So I'm really excited. I, I wonder what the requirements are going to be to, to play that game uh, because I... I've never finished a game on Xbox. I only finished it on PlayStation 5, but I don't own it on PlayStation 5 anymore because I got the refund uh, after I beat it. Uh, I'm an asshole. Uh, so am I going to have to rebuy it on PS5 in order to ex- get the best experience? Because I don't know if I'm going to have time. Actually, I'm not going to have time to re-roll a new character. So I wonder if it's something where any even if a new player can just jump in and kind of uh, experience that in their own way. Like, you know, they'll automatically level them up to the level in which they need to be in order to experience it. I have those kind of questions in terms of how that would work. Uh, but yeah, other than that, Super excited. I, I heard some people talking about it because they, uh, uh, on podcast, uh, they had a hour and a half, two hour time with, with the actual game itself. And they said that not only are, are the mainline missions great, but the gigs, the side missions that they call gigs, those are fully expansive and throughout the entire game. And they have a little interesting stuff. One of the examples they gave me, they gave, uh, to us was they took a gig on, they had to save someone. And when they got to the place, they made the decision to save that person. And then when they did they realized that person was going to do something to the other person based on something they did to their family so it's there's not it's not just uh uh go here and do this there's actual story moments within those smaller side missions that are emotionally impacting that have nothing to do with the main story so it's smaller and compact in regular cyberpunk but that it there's so much a uh, content in it that it feels like a whole new experience and that is super dope and it's like 30 bucks so yep yep so it, it's it's gonna be it's a must play for me for september as, as dense of a month as Absolutely. that's gonna be i have to i have to play that game uh maybe not as a, so um, maybe not a priority uh over like the new releases yeah. but i gotta get to it so yeah, so so far for September we got Starfield September six, we have Mortal Kombat September nineteenth, we have Lies of P uh, Lies of P on the same day, uh, and we have Assassin's Creed October twelfth. Oh, that's October. Uh, they didn't update they didn't update this one, but you know you can put in uh, their Cyberpunk Liberty. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Phantom Liberty. Phantom Liberty as well. So there's a lot of shit going on that one thing. Yep, for sure. Starfield. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, yeah same more. Yeah, it was the first one. Uh, all right, Pablo, let's move on to the third and final Atlas game that was shown, uh, which is a brand new IP called Metaphor Refantasio, uh, which got a debut trailer and a 2024 release window coming to Game Pass as well. Uh, kind of looks like it is a full-blown JRPG, similar to the mainline Persona series, but um, has a different... It looks like it's in a different time period with a different sort of uh, aesthetic, a little steampunk kind of style, a little bit of crossover from Shin Megami as well. Really interesting game. It was like a style bomb went off. Uh, so it was a little yeah. hard visually to keep track of, of what, what they were trying to 
show off, but that's just the typical Atlas wackiness. Um, I was really excited about this one. I, I think it's really interesting that they're um, heading off and, and branching out with a new IP, uh, and I, I really can't wait to get my hands on it. Uh, any thoughts from you? I thought it was for, for a split second that I thought they were showing us Persona 6. I was like, wait a minute. And then when I kept watching, I'm like, that's way too different from anything we persona. But uh yeah, man, that that was fucking dope. I was like, damn, I didn't expect that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh but that's something that's on my radar. It's coming out next year, right? Yep. They said twenty twenty four. Yeah. Um It's on my radar, man. All right, what about Towerborn? Gets a debut trailer. Uh it's a co op adventure. Uh, with a pretty interesting art style, a little bit on the cartoonish side of the Spectrum, Pablo. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on this game on your end? I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what this game is. I'm, I'm trying to picture it, uh, and I can't really even come to mind. I'm trying to look it up here. Um, okay, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I mean, no, nothing about this game really is interesting to me. I mean, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I don't have much to say about it either. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 from the studio that made Banner Saga, which I know is kind of a cult right, favorite right, from right, a right. lot of people. Um, so there's a little bit of a legacy there of putting out you know work that people enjoy, but they they never really kind of broke into the mainstream. I, I think um, hopefully they can do it here. It looks really cool, but though. I don't know if the art style is really gonna be that you know catchy for some people. Didn't do a yeah. lot for me personally, but the co-op aspect is always interesting on the Game Pass side because that can encourage people to try things out together, and you never know. It might might have an interesting hook to it, but uh, debut trailer left... The combat stuff is kind of fun. Looking. It looked okay, yeah. I just did, I think aesthetically, I keep saying aesthetic every other damn game. I know it's probably turning <laughs> into a bingo card type of word now for me, but uh, it, Drinking it, 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 looked, uh, it looked okay aesthetically, but uh, you know. Aesthetically, let's move on to the next aesthetic game, uh, which is Clockwork Revolution from In Exile. Um, debut trailer. Looks like they're actually moving away from the um, top-down, turn-based RPG style in favor of going to be... A, it looks like a, a straight-up shooter. Um, it, Brian Fargo, who works on the game uh, on his Twitter account, he says that it is a true RPG with all the stats, crunchy details, and deep reactivity that we're known for, uh, and that character creation is uh, definitely happening as well. Um, the release date they put is in due time because uh, it's called Clockwork Revolution. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, but you know what, Pablo? This is a pretty uh, interesting studio that I know you're a, a, a pretty b- decent fan of. So yeah. what is this doing for you? Uh, honestly, a lot. I mean, it has kind of the the Dishonored meets uh, Bioshock Infinite aesthetic, uh, you know, and I know that Bioshock Infinite is a game that I understand its flaws, but I, I love the way that game looks, and that has a lot of this in it. Plus, you know, the studio in Exile is always taking chances with with a lot of, like, systems and, and in-game kind of mechanics and i think that the time traveling stuff is interesting and i trust them to, to be able to pull that off they are i know that the rumor is that they're working on two unreal games i don't know if they completely abandoned the top-down stuff I, i'm thinking wasteland 4 is probably the other ones they're working on for the future but this deviation from that is super dope i, I had a prediction saying that they would be working on fallout 
like a Fallout side game or something like a New Vegas, uh, but it's not that. But whatever this new IP is, in, in terms of how it's looking, I'm all in, man. I'm really excited for this. I think that this is uh, one of those things where it could be a start of a dope ass new IP for Xbox, where uh, people will be clamoring for the sequel, so on and so forth. Because I just think that it looks cr- good, and and then knowing the pedigree of an Exile, I think mechanically, and then keeping the RPG element incident uh as he said is super important too so they're not completely getting away from what they're known for so that's interesting uh i'm just interested to see how it all how it all comes together at the end of the day but as it stands i like that trailer i thought it was super dope yeah there's definitely uh a, 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 a there's certainly a bioshock infinite um sort of aesthetic uh <laughs> to the game how drunk uh, man um listen it looks cool uh, for what it, for what we saw, it looked cool. But here's kind of where I got concerned. They did show little snippets of like shooting shooting gameplay. Looked a little bit rickety. I ain't gonna lie. All right, and, no, and it was pretty far. It was a little think, framey, though. first of all, and it just looked yeah. a little off. Like so, my hope is that their their foray into making a shooter like this is going to have some support maybe from other studios or just from people that they can hire into the studio that kind of know how to make a a shooter feel good. Uh, Because the last thing you want to do is have this really dense and and rich RPG experience and have to fight with a bad shooting. Like It's almost what people were afraid of with Starfield, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, you know, like you, everyone was worried that oh, it's gonna have all these features, but the shooting's gonna suck, so it's just gonna be a nightmare to play. Like that's kind of a similar fear that I have for this game too, um, especially since it's not necessarily their forte uh, from what we've seen them do in, in in the past. So hopefully I'm wrong because the concept looks really interesting, and uh, when I when I watch this, I'm like, oh, this is like gonna be Pablo the game probably. Um, yeah, it. it- and another thing is, is that at least uh, from people who've who've talked to uh, around the industry in Exile, they feel that this game might actually be a 2025-2026 game, and that the other game that they're working on might actually come out before. So this game is pretty far off. So I'm I'm confident that if they're gonna go out and 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 do a first-person shooter, that they're they're gonna use the resources uh, available to them. Because honestly, when you look at Obsidian and them being bought out by xbox and them having that the 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 xbox coffers to to make something uh, fire and crazy it looks like the studio that actually took advantage of that is in exile with making a first person shooter which you know they've always made those top-down games so i hope that they use not just the money but also the 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 other assets available to them to make something as good because that would be su- supremely disappointing to to come into this game and then the shooting part of it sucks so i hope that's not the case at all so i yeah but yeah definitely pablo as pablo mm-hmm. game for show uh and pablo before they got into the starfield direct portion of their showcase they did end by revealing uh, a new SKU for the Xbox Series S, which was coming in carbon black uh, and coming in with a one terabyte SSD uh, for those of uh, the Xbox Series S fan base that wanted a little bit more space. Uh, it is coming in, however, a little bit more uh, at 349 uh, MSRP and will be launching on uh, September the 1st. Pablo, um, this is probably this in the games of service little bout that they had in the middle of the show was probably the the biggest head scratchers for me because 
of a couple reasons, and I think you're going to agree with me and probably rant even more on it than me. Um, the color is cool. It's cool. Okay, great. But color aside, okay, you're coming in at three forty nine. That's $50 cheaper than a PlayStation 5, which is infinitely more powerful than the Series S. You're solving a problem, secondly, right? You're solving a problem of, oh, our Series S users are saying that they don't have enough space. So what we'll do is we'll just make a completely different Series S and make you buy that one instead. <laughs> like, I was, I was expecting them to, like, you know, okay, here's a, like, here's a proprietary you know, external hard drive, SSD, yeah. you can add it right in. It fits right in. It, it you know, blah, blah, blah. They just said, nah, we'll just, we'll just kind of run it back and do it again. And we'll launch it in September. Yeah, spend $600 <laughs> total for more. What are we doing? Look, that was a weird one for me, bro. But what do you got? Look, I, I, I am not a businessman. So I, I don't, I, I, I don't know how these things would work financially, how it would impact it. I want them to kill the S. I think that the S is holding the X back and in more ways than one. And now they're doubling down on this. It's just, it's frustrating because they've proven to, to me, they've shown to me that they're either not capable or there's something going on with the way that they're making games in terms of cost effectiveness where they're not putting all the efforts into the X because they don't want to get too far away from the S. Now, when this game first came out, people were like, hey, it's like the PC where you can play like the mid uh, or like the low resolutions and, and, and have the high ultra settings. That's the Xbox Series X. Except Larian is is unable to, to, to play their... What's up? Larian Games is making... Um, Here you go. Here you go again. You do it to yourself, bro. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, (laughs) and they're not able to release the game on Xbox because they can't get the split-screen co-op to work on S. So they're just uh, foregoing, for now, the Xbox release, which is a really fucked-up thing. So them doubling down on this and giving a new color and then making it more expensive and like you said only $50 cheaper than a PlayStation 5 which is for 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 it's more it's available now than it was ever right. before so it's, <laughs> that's the it's big so part weird. Of it, and then yeah. bringing and then bringing Phil Spencer out like that's the guy that we all know that's the that's the face of the the, the company to announce this bullshit like I, I guess I know he 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 got us into the into the Starfield yeah. thing but I thought he was going to come out and be like oh one more thing or show hey I know that we said that maybe perhaps we weren't going to show CGI trailers but we want to go ahead and show you a concept that we have for Gear 6 or or Perfect Dark no none of that it was just hey guys thanks for watching here's a uh, the here's a more expensive Series S like everybody wanted and take it away Todd Howard like it was just a weird use of Phil Spencer and a fucking dumb way to close out that show thankfully they had Starfield coming next because that would have been the head scratcher of the year if that's where the show kind of ended and I'm sure if the show was going to end there they wouldn't have put that there but yeah. still it's a weird place to put it and <sighs> so frustrated with the Series S. It's the most frustrating thing of this console generation for me. It's like a it's like a pain point for me because it's like the X could be so much more because of all the innards that it has, and yet it's it's being relegated to being slightly better than the S in the innards. <laughs> yeah. So let's go to let's talk about something that's not gonna frustrate me. Yeah. Um let's uh dive right in uh to the Jeff Keeley show. No, just kidding. Um yeah! Starfield <laughs> Direct uh, was what happened after the uh, the new Series S announcement. 
Um, and Pablo, you know, there was there was so much shown in this. I think it was like an hour so uh, that we we had to break it down in a way that was the most digestible to us and, of course, our listeners as well. So we decided to kind of break down the Starfield information in different categories. Um, that being character creation, story and quests, visuals and performance, locations on-foot combat and gameplay, and then ship in space gameplay uh, as well. So, um, Pablo, I'm going to go ahead and run through uh, some of the information that we learned, and then we'll just kind of stop and talk about each category once we're done here. So starting with character creation, Pablo, uh, we found out that character creation uh, has more of a like an employee record style uh, that comes with 40 different presets, or you can obviously create your own customized character with a very extensive yet intuitive face customization tool. Uh, they also demonstrated the background and trait systems of character creation and showed off uh, a couple of different scenarios of how those backgrounds and traits kind of come around in your playthrough in various different ways. And then, of course, they, uh, mm-hmm. they, they briefly talked about the skill trees that they have with five different categories, that being physical, social, combat, science, and tech. So when it comes to, Pablo, the character creation portion of what we saw from Starfield, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I thought it looked cool. Um, I One of the things that they said that was super interesting is like pretty much every character you see in the world is a character you can actually create. So they're, used, they're even using their own creation uh, things into the character model itself because a lot of times you have a lot of those characters that are that are meticulously put together for the game itself and the fact that the in-game characters are just part of the fact that you can create those in the thing shows to how deep this the the entire um creation system is uh and as far as the skill system i thought it was pretty cool i, I like the, the the certain things like what was the one kids things where you pay uh, you you give your parents money and then you could go to their house and like super loving and caring type of parents. It's little things like that. It's all attention to details in this game that is really, really, really like out like astonishing. Just it's a stupid thing, but it's like so dope that you can just do these little uh, these little skills that 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 give you something within the game, but also that skill has an actual. Uh, uh, effect in the world itself as your character yeah i mean it's a role-playing game so you obviously want to have all those systems be in a good place so that um you know you you, you know exactly what kind of character you want to be and you actually get to see your choices show through in uh various scenarios throughout the game um i liked the mm-hmm. the hardcore fan one the best i think that one was kind of cool as far as like you know, just seeing somebody like tag along with you and, and kind of th- that little bit of a comedy act. And I also liked how they showed like you can get rid of traits, too, by, you know, pointing a gun at him and, and killing him out there <laughs> in the planet uh, in cold blood. But uh, I, 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 I like uh, I, I liked what I saw. You know, I think this is a great um, set of, 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 you know, options and skills that really let you truly customize who you want to be. And you don't feel like a lot of RPGs nowadays kind of. They phone that in or they kind of fake depth that it doesn't really have. And I don't get the sense that it's a problem here. Like, I feel like you can definitely get a unique, you know, gameplay experience based on what you create for yourself. So I think creation wise, I think everything I saw was really, really cool. Um, I know I'm going to spend hours of time uh, creating my character, though, for sure. But uh, let's move on to the next uh, segment of this, which is story and quests. Uh, We learned that we are working with 
uh, a group called the Constellation, which is a faction that seems to be out to piece together the secret of uh, these mysterious alien artifacts that may have some kind of big revelation about the universe or something like that. Um, we also got a reconfirmation that romance options are still going to be a part of the game uh, and that we'll even be getting a story expansion in the near future as well. Uh, so, Pablo, with all that in mind, um, how is the story beats kind of hitting with you so far, and, and what are you looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, these kind of games, you know, they're all about exploration, and obviously this is no different with a thousand planets and all that bullshit. But it's always good to have, like, that main quest to go back to and really kind of delve into that. So I'm glad that still exists here. Uh, in terms of the romance stuff options, I like that. I mean, that's a part of the course of these games, and I think that's... Uh, there are certain games when, when they are these kinds of games and they're missing that option. It just feels like something so personable is missing in these games. So it's good to have that on here uh, as usual. And then obviously, you know, um, everything else that comes with it. I, I, I'm really excited to see where the story goes. Uh, uh, but I'm, I'm mostly excited to, to, to see what kind of like organic storytelling is there. You know, like if I go into this planet and all of a sudden... I meet this character that I would have not met otherwise. Uh, shit like that. Th those are the kind of stuff that I'm really looking forward to when it comes to, to, to exploring the story and all that good stuff in the game itself. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I'm definitely curious about the main story mission. I think that uh, Bethesda's always had like an inconsistent track record sometimes with putting out you know really interesting main quest lines. Um, Fallouts can be hit and miss. Elder Scrolls can be hit and miss. So I think this is going to be an interesting one to see yeah. because it's got to be a pretty important story to kind of connect all of these, you know, seemingly dozens and dozens of different things you can do in that game and, and kind of bring it all together and converge it into something that makes sense um, while still leaving enough breathing room for your own unique story to feel like relevant. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really curious to see what they do there. I think the premise is interesting, though, uh, for sure, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do there. It seems like they're kind of holding a lot of that close to the chest, though, so hopefully they've yeah. come up with a concept story-wise that is as interesting as the design of the game itself. Uh, but that remains to be seen, obviously, and um, I'm glad that they're going to be supporting the game after the fact with more story content. Yeah, um, yeah, I know that the story expansion is going to be a pre-order thing with one of the uh, deluxe editions that, that are going to be out there. I'll definitely be be partaking in that for sure, um, but I, uh, I, I more than anything, I just hope that they get the main story quest right in that it's not no. this afterthought that gets lost in the shuffle. You're right, because I mean, in just kind of talk about the most latest games we play, like Tears of the Kingdom. The, the the improvement about Tears of the Kingdom, other than obviously the gameplay stuff, is the fact that it has a really cool story that you can kind of rest on to, to kind of finish off the game itself. Breath of the Wild didn't really have that, so kind of left a little something to be desired. So it's definitely right. important for them to not only uh, have a interesting main quest, but nail that quest that that, that main quest uh, from start to finish. And I. I, I like uh, most of their story. I always feel like the ending of every Bethesda kind of uh, big RPG, Western RPG, is is rushed. Like, from Fallout 3 to Fallout 4, that ending always feels like it comes out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, oh okay, this is the end of the game. It just feels like they run out of shit to do or, or like, going to the Institute. And all of a sudden, wait, I'm in the endgame already? I just got here. And with 3, yeah. like, finding your father, and it's like, oh, Megaton stuff. It's like, it, ju it just comes at you really fast. I hope that this is actually... Um, this is done in a way where it feels cohesive and like they're really telling you a story and it, nothing about it feels rushed, especially at the end. I think these games suffer from that quite often. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, 
Moving on to visuals and performance, um, unfortunately, as of this recording, we do not have any official confirmation about what kind of performance modes they're offering. Although uh, what we saw in the direct was all 30 frames uh, gameplay. And uh, we will, I guess, after this recording, unfortunately, this is the drawback of recording the night before it's supposed to go live on Mondays. But uh, there is an interview that Todd Howard's going to be having with IGN and we're supposed to hear something frame rate related about this game, mm -hmm. but as of right now, we don't have any official word. Nevertheless, uh, they are definitely going for a NASA punk, a punk style, as they mentioned. Uh, they're also going for a very lived-in feeling uh, in all of the, the locations in the game. They don't want it to be super clean. They kind of want that little scuffy sort of um, been there kind of a feel. Uh, with the with the uh, aesthetic, which is also they they also described it as lo-fi yeah. as well, which I think makes sense when you think about the kind of the, the overall art style and, and the way that they use objects and, and structures in that game, uh, for sure. And then they rounded it out by talking about their advanced lighting system that gives each planet its own unique mood and feel, which I think really does come through in a lot of the shots that they showed yeah, of man. various different planets as well, which was pretty jaw dropping in, in in some cases. But Pablo, what do you think visually and performance wise? about what we know and unfortunately as of this recording what we don't yet know yeah everything we saw at least from uh from what they showed looked pretty good uh in terms of frame rate so if they can get this at a lock 30 frames uh at 4k i think that's i think that's fine i think that i think it that's the bare minimum in which i'm willing to be like oh you know 60 frames not that big a deal is if it is 4k native at 30 even if the resolution does have to do some you know some kind of compromises there in order to run and it's locked as long as it's locked i think that with the lighting system and the way that looks i think that i think this could really be a banger for them in that department which to be honest they've never been pretty they've never been great at you know these games fallout 4 specifically they look fine but they're, they're never like incredibly looking and they don't really have like these lighting things or anything with, that comes with in terms of like the full package uh, visually so this is definitely new for them and i just hope that it carries that over i, I in terms of like whether it'll be 60 i just hope that um i, I hope that three things are happening either they don't have it, but it's 30 frames locked at 4K. Two, they do have it, and they're for whatever reason, they're hiding the announcement. Or three, they, don't, they haven't said anything because they don't know yet. So uh, regardless of that, the bare minimum does have to be 30 locked uh, with 4K resolution for me to be like, okay, I can forgive the not 60 stuff. Yeah, I mean, as far as the frame rate goes, I'm I'm a little frustrated that, you know, on the X-Cast, Phil Spencer said we would get clarity on what the performance would be like, but we didn't get the performance information uh, at the showcase. That just feels like they're trying to bury the lead, knowing full well that 30 frames per second versus 60 is, whether people like it or not, it's a big deal to a lot of gamers, and yeah. it is to me. Um, so I'm bummed that they didn't take the time to explain that because... If there was ever a time to do it, it's it's while you have us riding this high of like being impressed with everything we're seeing. You know, hey, look, we understand that it's not exactly what the ideal thing for you, but when you see, look at all, look look what we're doing. Uh, I could have bought in a little bit more to it, but the fact that they didn't mention it here and they're kind of tucking it away potentially for an IGN interview is a little bit like you know, kind of tucking your tail between your legs on the way out the door which i yeah. don't like my hope is that it's not a targeted 30 frames it is a locked 30 frames to your point um or at the very most maybe a vrr mode where it's like 40 frames where you kind of don't you don't get the full 60 but you get something a oh, little yeah. bit smoother for the people that happen to have vrr 
uh, capable monitors and TVs um, like we do. Um, So, you know, that's my hope as a as some kind of middle ground. But it did. I won't lie. It bugged me that they didn't talk about it. I think that was just kind of a it it was a bummer, in my opinion. And I think they should have seized the opportunity. If you if you got something that's not so great to say, just say it. And let's move on, you know, but when you don't want to say it and you leave it as like this big looming question, when you're trying to answer so many other questions about Starfield, I think that just feels a little bit cheap to me. So I'm not like that. But the weird things have happened um, in terms of announcements, like we just got a certain announcements to certain showcase that we would never have thought. So if they have it, then they're saving it. Uh, and if they don't have it, then they're being shitty about it because they could just been like, hey, Todd Howard easily at that middle point. Hey, let's take a little break here and talk about it. We're going to run the game at a locked 30 frames. You don't even have to say, sorry, no 60. Just tell me what it is. And we could yeah. defer from what isn't. So the fact that they didn't even do that and they talked about for the game for an hour and they didn't even bring up performance seems like... On purpose, right? Like they just—it's an insult gonna... to my intelligence. It's—it's yeah. it's like you know that's what what we all want to know. Yeah, you know that. Like don't don't play dumb and don't put this muzzle on these outlets because obviously there seems to be like, people have played the build of this game. They, that's that's been confirmed. Yeah, and like nobody has come forward and said, "Hey, the build we played on Series X, it's this." So clearly they're they're also stopping people from talking right. about it too. And it's getting irritating. You can't put Phil Spencer on a podcast all apologetic and bummed out about the state of Xbox, he makes a promise that is, at least right now, isn't kept. Like, I don't want to find out about this weeks before the game comes out like they did with Redfall and be bummed out for the same reasons all over again. You know, like, I I would rather find out early and I have between now and September to have made my peace about that mentally and look forward to the game despite that letdown. Don't make me wait you know, even longer to find out this bad news. Just get it out of the way now. So I'm hoping that you know, by the time this goes live, we'll have a concrete answer on it and we won't have to wait forever. But yeah. if if we wait another month or two months for an answer about this, I'm going to be so I, tight. I would be upset, too, because, again, we just had an hour presentation where they purposely didn't even mention it. And now we're going to go another couple of months. Now, if it's like another month and then they announce it in a something that they did does exist then that means they needed this time to, to verify i'm okay with that but the fact if in a month or two they come out and be like by the way no 60 then you knew and you just were trying to hide it that's all it was and that and that's and that's garbage yeah yeah for sure uh but let's go ahead and move on pablo to the next section of our conversation which is locations and we saw a lot of those uh United Colonies is filled with many explorable worlds. We saw mining colonies, pleasure cities, and Wild West-like colonies as well. And of course, outside of the United Colonies, there are many other colonies and planets with uh, very hostile people and environments to uncover as well. Uh, They doubled down, said there's still over a thousand planets in the game, although some are auto-generated and include auto-generated quests within them. Uh, planets themselves are scannable before you land there uh, to find out what kind of resources they have. And they also uh, beckon exploration. And they range from being either densely populated to desolate in some cases. Uh, and then lastly, planets are also uh, filled with native wildlife uh, that range from docile to the dangerous types. So, Pablo, based on everything you saw location-wise, uh, how are you left feeling? Yeah, all this is great. I, I like all of this. I, I like that there is that main 
main hub, that main colony with with those mining colonies, pleasure cities, and like the Wild West. Basically, I like all that. I think that's very. Uh, I I think that's cool because you have the moment to if you want to go to these fully realized planets, you have the United Colonies to go to, and outside of that, you have those colonies in which are auto generated, but. On top of that, there's an interesting factor where there are auto-generated quests as well. So there's there's always going to be that, that, that moment of surprise where it's like, well, we're in this planet, this quest is probably going to be here. Instead, they're going to auto-generate those quests in. So they're going to keep the planet interesting and new as well as those quest types. I just hope that right, they're right, a little yeah. more expansive than just a, a fetch quest. Though, I'd be okay if they're not as well as long as they're interesting. And they seem to be fully voiced as well. So that's... That's super dope uh, on top of that. So uh, that doesn't seem like you're just finding a, a log and, and, and that's the quest. It looks like there's people on those planets for the most part and uh, there'll be a quest there. As for, in terms of like the, the desolate planets, even those were awesome looking. You know, photo mode is going to be awesome in those spots where these planets are completely desolated, whether they be like moon rocks or whatever it is that the planet is filled with. At that point, there's a, there, they showed some clips of uh, people using the photo mode in these in these moments, and it's, it's pretty cool to have that. So there's something to seemingly always do, and ultimately the planet wildlife, very glad that it's just that preset animals and, and, and spread out through a thousand galaxies planets rather it's every planet how it looks does have native wildlife to that planet i i i i'm 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 interested to see how how true that is in terms of like it isn't a green alien and then a brown alien in the brown planet it looks exactly like the green alien in the green planet hopefully it's not shit like that but i I trust them enough to where they're going to talk about it this is something that is they're proud of in terms of like their art so i'm i'm looking forward to i think the location stuff is super uh, it was a huge standout for me in this whole presentation yeah i agree um i i think that it's very easy to get sci-fi creatures wrong, and they can look really corny or derpy, <laughs> uh, like No Man's Sky, which is obviously a comparison that is an elephant in the room, which we'll talk about. But, um, you know, I think that overall, I'm, I'm really pleased with the amount of diversity uh, that we saw in particular. When they showed the mining colony, it looked different than the Neon City, yeah. which looked different than the Western-looking city, or colony, sorry. Uh, I, I really like that because I was I was very concerned that everything was going to have this like templated look. Yeah. Um. And and clearly they have you know exercised a lot of creative agency to you know branch off and not just do everything in the same you know gray brown green aesthetic or whatever. Um. So that's good. I'm I'm glad for that. My hope is that the colonies are not just all window dressing yeah. and that you can actually interact and engage with a lot of people and, and, and do things there that happen organically. Um, and it's not just, Oh, here's just NPCs pretending to be busy and you kind of lose the immersion a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that, that's something that happens in, in Bethesda games from time to time. Like you, you just kind of look around and you're like these fucking characters <laughs> in this city don't know. They don't have a, a brain. You, you can just tell there like this. I'm going to walk in a circle. Yeah, I'm going to walk in a circle and I'm going to sit down at this chair for no reason and just <laughs> stare and just have this like plain posture and just look off in the, in the distance. It's very weird. And I, I hope they've, they've come up with some ideas. What I liked is that they showed a lot of scenes of like clusters of people sitting together and like conversing together. Like Ugh. one of them's got their leg up on like the, you know, uh, a, a piece of like a chair or, you know, they look very casual in, in other words. So I like that it looks a little bit more natural and it's not just, we're just going to walk around and pretend like we have somewhere to go. You know, it, it, it that, that gets a little stale after a while. Uh, but overall, yeah, loving the locations that we've seen so far. Um, 
let's go ahead and transition into the gameplay and combat, starting with on foot uh, stuff. Now, of course, they uh, reconfirmed it is first person and third person, uh, and it does have a new animation system as well, along with improved gunplay and mobility uh, with fully customizable guns. Uh, melee combat is also back and a very viable combat option for players as well. Uh, and it also features some diverse gameplay that also caters to very different playstyles. They have a stealthy type of playstyle, very run and gun stuff, charismatic uh, and demolition sorts of styles as well. Um, that gave me a lot of ideas about what, how I want to build my oh, character. Yeah. But Pablo, let me start with you. Um, how did you feel about the combat and gameplay stuff that we saw uh, so far. Yeah, uh, when they said new animation system, I just hope that when you play in third person, it feels like a third person game. It doesn't feel like this weird, uh, like there's like gravity's fucked up and you're just walking and like, you know, when you play those Bethesda games and you play in the third person mode, you could play them in yep. them, but they don't feel like... They never feel right. Right, yeah. and I hope that that's what, the, that's what the new animation system brings up. In terms of improved gunplay, I will say I was very impressed by the way that the gunplay looked. I thought it looked legit I, it didn't look like fallout and, and it's like where it was like kind of hard to, to to really make it look like a, a like a, a actual shooter this for all intents and purposes looked like a shooter i thought it was very dope I, all the combat scenarios it showed looked like i was seeing a a, a first person type of, of shooter game in action all that shit looked cool love the customized the customized guns all that shit i, I think all that it's super dope as well i like the fact with the guns like if you're in zero gravity and you shoot like a shotgun the, it'll push you back as opposed to energy weapons will right. keep you stable. All that stuff coming into to play, uh, even with the littlest stuff, like the details in the gun and what they use for, for firepower is, is interesting as hell. The melee combat, it's always been a problem for me, uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see exactly how good the, the melee is, because I, I would love to play some kind of charismatic stealth uh, uh, player where I can, you know, I can get in there in close and do damage, but I can talk my way out of situations. I think that would be super dope. Uh, uh, but yeah, man, all this on-foot on combat stuff, honestly, this was my pain point. This is the thing that I was kind of like, I hope that they improve on this because they seem to be improving a lot of things and something could be left on the cutting room floor. And the last year's uh, demo, you know, it was a little choppy, didn't, didn't give the best yeah. impression. This year definitely looked really dope. And I think that they definitely have a really high focus on, on that that portion of gameplay. And I think that's awesome because that's that's what this game's yeah. been missing, you know? Yeah, I agree. You know, I agree with everything you said. I'm just going to kind of build on it and, and add this part of it too. I think, you know, going back to performance, right? I think performance is going to have a huge impact on the way that I want to play the game too, right? Because if it's a if it's 30 frames, and especially if it's not a consistent 30 frames, Ugh. it's going to be really hard for me to want to play this in first person. I feel like playing in third person would probably be more viable for someone like me. Because uh, because you don't have that that closer view of everything being so kind of choppy, you you're, you're a little bit more pulled back and it's not as noticeable. Right. Um. So that you know that's a factor as well. I also want to play very stealthy. Um. My concern and they 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 went to black just before they did this and it annoyed the shit out of me. But they <laughs> they they had somebody like crouching behind an, another enemy who was looking the other way and they were about to do like a stab but oh, i wanted yeah. to see if they have like stealth kill animations or if it's just like a slashing you know like a general slashing move and it doesn't look like it connects very well um if they have de like stealth kill animations then man it's going to be hard for me to not play stealthy but if it is like just a regular like i'm just gonna swing my bat like an asshole and and you know but i'm gonna do it stealthily 
then I think that's just kind of break the immersion for me, and I'd rather just kind of go chari- uh, charismatic and with a run and gun style, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But um, but that's kind of where I'm at with that. But otherwise, yeah, it is definitely improvement over the original reveal. I just think performance is going to govern a lot of uh, how I'm personally going to want to play the game. Uh, but we also saw ship and space based gameplay. Uh, they announced that your ship is your hub. Oh yeah. Uh, ships can be fully customized as they mentioned the first time around, but they kind of emphasized again, it can be customized based on your style or function such as, uh, cargo freighters, fighters, uh, fighter ships, and so on. You can assemble a crew of main characters to join you uh, in your travels or your own hired help as well. Uh, You can also assign crews to player-built planetary outposts uh, for resource gathering and rewards. Um, Spaceflight itself, including engines, speed, and whatnot, also looks incredibly robust. And they also showed, which I found particularly cool, you can be a space pirate that shoots at or docks other ships completely, um, in some cases, you can even keep those ships that you've uh, taken over and, and you, you basically own them from there on. Or you can join random ships for social activities. Yeah, uh, like grandma, cool. grandma had dinner yeah, uh, yeah. during the showcase. So uh, I thought that was particularly interesting as well. Um, but where did you kind of stand as far as the ship and, and space-based yeah. gameplay goes? That was the most shocking to me because I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course you can build your own ship. That's all dope. And then you, this person built a fucking mech. You saw that shit, or like, and one yeah. one of the devs said that all our ships look like animals, and that's a valuable way of doing that as well. So I was like, oh man, like, not only can you build your ship, it isn't like predetermined little things you put together. Rather, you can sculpture it any way you want. It's really up to you in terms of how that goes. I'd be interested to see how many penis ships are flying around oh, the galaxy. So it's many get dicks. So phallic out here. <laughs> oh. so, but yeah, man, that pirate stuff. They talked about that in in previous times in terms of boarding ships. What caught me off guard in terms of like, oh, you could also do that is quite the opposite, where you can meet random ships and have conversations and even join their their ships for like you said like dinner or something well i just cooked this you come over like shit like that and if you could be a real ass pirate and and be like yeah you go over for dinner and then shoot them up anyway you know why not like it's just the possibilities here are seemingly endless um and i you know i i think that even with the space stuff where i thought maybe it would have been kind of an aside it it feels like they gave it as much love as everything else and as robust as the rest of the game. So super impressive as well. This is my most surprising uh, part of the, uh, of their showcases, all the space stuff, how, how robust and in, 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 in detail it actually is. Yeah. I, I, I think they did a great job of answering the why of yeah. why go up in, in space, like, okay, build a spaceship, but why? Right. Um, you know, dock that ship, but why? Right. You know, like I, I felt like they, they definitely made it, you know, much more, understandable um and i i would i would not be surprised at all if if a fair amount of the main story quest does involve kind of you kind of having to go up there in space i don't see it as an option i think some of the like customization stuff is probably player optional but i think i think a good portion of that is going to be traversal and I, i am looking forward to that i think that's been kind of a big you know gray area for me uh specifically with like What's the incentive to doing all that? What do I get? I think what I only thing I would have liked to know more about is what are the benefits to to bringing in a crew. I know they kind of briefly said that each each crew member has their own little stat line of things that they're strong and weak at. Yeah. But how does that impact 
the bottom line. You know what I mean? Like they, that's what I don't fully yeah. understand yet. They also said that you can build outposts in all these planets you go to, and you can leave crew members there for added bonuses as well. Right. So you could yeah. still. I'm yeah. sure. I I wonder how many crew members you can have because it almost sounds like you can have like these really these crew members that are named and all that stuff. But it almost made them sound like you can always have like a like a lot of crew members, like more than. 10 type thing you know it like seems a, like it it seems like yeah. it so i wonder if you can have like a whole cadre of, of people and then you can drop them off in different outposts and they give you resources because they're out there working like that kind of shit that that that's super interesting for sure yeah i would like that mm-hmm. that, that, that feel like it's you're getting kind of your your money's worth so to speak out of you know recruiting in the first place you and know, going and putting them out there and right yeah and going you to, to those do planets, all the legwork yourself, right? And going to mm-hmm. the other planets that are resource having is something that you may not have, and then doing, yeah. having an outpost there, even though it's quote unquote desolate, but they have like iron or whatever, you know, just an example. And you have an outpost, and they're like mining iron, and you get deposits of iron to, to, uh, into your uh, inventory, shit like that. That'd be that's so dope. Yeah, I would like that. Mm-hmm. I would like that quite a bit. Um, but Pablo, that is going to wrap up our Xbox and Starfield blow by blow overview but it's time to kind of get to our summary for the showcase and let's start off pablo with talking about what our biggest disappointment was of their entire event take it away yeah it's both events together we're we're, that's how we're doing this one right with the grades as well okay yeah i my biggest disappointment was avowed and that's because it was one of my more anticipated games and then me seeing and seeing it and not even recognizing the game to begin with and then just kind of just how it just didn't look as polished or as triple a or something that i I even come to 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 expect from obsidian i'm sure that it'll get there but in terms of what they showed and what it is now i was not very um I was not very impressed by what they showed. And so that has to be my biggest disappointment of the game. Yeah, mine was uh, Fable. I think Fable to me, again, just the weirdness of that whole like giant Jack and the Beanstalk kind of thing they were going with. I, I just don't understand what the hell they're doing there. It looked great. The gameplay looked cool that they showed. Um, I've, I've been kind of browsing around while we've been talking. Uh, it has been confirmed that is uh, um, actual gameplay. Um, it's not just you know a simulation in engine. It is gameplay. That looks pretty damn good. Oh yeah. But what is this story arc y'all are doing here? Because yeah. I don't know if I like it. I just want I just want Albion, man. That's all I want. But um, you know, hopefully when we learn more about the game, we'll we'll get more context about what exactly is going on here. But I am very thrown off by it, and it just kind of bummed me out. As is like, oh, that was the long wait, uh, and what it culminated in just c- confusion and right. no date, um, not even a year. It's like, okay, cool. Um, biggest surprise though, Pablo. What would you pick? Be Clockwork Revolution, man. You know, NXL is one of these companies that I, I always admire and love and always excited to see what they do next. They're taking a huge chance doing something completely different. I trust them implicitly. I think the, in terms of the art style, I think it's super interesting. Obviously, it's a long time away, but this is not what I was expecting at all. I was expecting almost like their kind of game, but in a third person, you know, like the, the, the kind of games that they do uh, with Wasteland, but like that grittiness in a first person uh, type of view, but they, they went completely different with their art style. It looks vibrant. It looks cool. Again, it looks a lot like Bioshock Infinite, and I'm down for that, man. I you know I love Bioshock Infinite. I know <laughs> I get the shit. Marco hates that game, uh, but more than anything about Bioshock Infinite, I like the aesthetic of Bioshock Infinite, and this has that. And I, I, I'm in love with how the game looked, 
and uh, excited with how they implement the uh, uh, time travel stuff to it. So uh, that was my biggest surprise for sure. Damn near game of the show for me. Damn near. Um, yeah, it was it was a good it was definitely a good reveal. I can't lie. Uh, reservations aside, that I have about the actual gameplay, I, I am glad to see that it is looking pretty interesting. Uh, to say the least. Mm-hmm. But uh, my biggest surprise actually goes out to an Atlas game. Uh, it's the new IP they're creating called Metaphor Refantasio. That game, the, the the name of this game is is Silly Juice. It's <laughs> like, what are you thinking? But it's so wacky that I love it. I just, I love that they go for the, like, the wackiest words put together. Um, that game's art style, uh, the combat that we saw, uh, it's a very brisk and kind of, like, overwhelming trailer, but, you know, kind of Rewatching it a few times and catching what they're showing, I'm like, man, this looks really cool. Um, and I think they can definitely um, create a JRPG with a unique angle that has some of the spirit of their other games in it, but is its own unique entity as, as well. And I'm really looking forward to uh, learning more about it and that it's on Game Pass. That is a huge pickup um, you know, for, for a new game and a new IP at that. Um, whereas, you know, a lot of, a lot of companies, especially Atlas would probably maybe rather take their chances and just make it available, you know, a la carte only. Uh, I like that they actually gave Xbox the pickup here. And this could end up being one of those like real dark horse games when it does come out, um, as being like one of the better game pass pickups they've ever had. So I'm looking forward to it. And, and so far as of right now, still, it looks like it might be exclusive to Xbox at least timed. So that's a if true. That's a huge get. We'll know more on the twentieth of this month when they Atlas has a blowout in terms of a showcase. Mm. So we'll we'll see it there. Yeah, man. Um, all right, game of the show, Pablo. Let's just let's just go ahead and let it out. What is it? I think. Yeah, we can't. Let's it, not get let's not get no. fancy. Yeah, here. It's, it's Starfield. Star it's Starfield. For me Come too. on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we, we talked about it at, at, at nauseum. We went through a lot of different aspects of that game. I think Pablo and I could both say pretty confidently that I think this delivered. Um, you know, I want to talk real briefly about the No Man's Sky comparisons and stuff like that. I, I think that it's understandable that there's a little bit of, of No Man's Sky in a game like this. You know, No Man's Sky, for all yeah. of its warts and its troubled launch, it, it, it did do something very unique. And it's great that they've rebounded in a way that is so enjoyable to its core fan base. But I think the comparison, I, I respectfully disagree with it in essence, because this is truly a, a role-playing game that they are putting in here with a lot of the Bethesda signature elements involved in it. And that is just not a part of No Man's Sky at all. Um, not it's, even it, close. Yeah. No Man's Sky is very much about resource hunting, you know, building currency, building, crafting, and... And, you know, for someone like me who doesn't really want to do that stuff too much, if I were to choose not to playing No Man's Sky, I would be basically abandoning like 60% of what makes No Man's Sky what it is, right? That's a great point. But this feels much more optional in in Starfield and in a way that makes me feel, you know, much more at ease. Whereas if I don't like it, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not stuck with it for better or for worse, I can move on. I can do other things. I can explore somewhere else. I don't have to do what I don't want to do in Starfield. And I still yeah. get a good story and I still get to, to role play uh, and see the fruits of that labor show up in the gameplay uh, and story at all times. So it, it, to me, I get the comparison. It's just not, to me, it's not as one for one as I think some people want to make it out to be. Um, but, but anyway, right. what's your justification for game of the show? 
Yeah, I just think, look, when you have a game like this and the expectations are so high, and then on top of that, you're telling everybody, we're going to talk to you about this game for an hour, like, you could have fucked this up. Like, you could not met expectations just a little bit, and it would have been, like, an epic disaster. The fact that, for me personally, only speaking on my behalf, the fact that not only did it deliver, but it over-delivered, in my opinion. I think that I was not expecting a lot of the things that they showed, the details of all the plans. It's the the space combat, how good it actually looked graphically, the gameplay in terms of the the shooting and all that stuff, all that looked fucking phenomenal. Like it was, it, it, I expect this I expect this game to be good just based on the fact that Bethesda game which is doing it. I now I'm expecting here that uh, uh, I'm expecting here now that um, sorry uh, breaking news. Um, it looks like they're saying Todd Howard confirms that Starfield would be capped to 30 frames on Xbox Series S and oh. X. Marco, how do you feel about okay, that? Okay, yeah, there it is. Breaking news. Okay, so here's what we got. Um, 4K 30, 1440p on the Series S. Um, locked is the word they've used. Uh, let me. Let, sorry, guys, we're getting this in real time. I, I see a quote here. Um, I think it'll come as no surprise, given our previous game, what we go for, Howard said. Uh, always these huge open worlds, fully dynamic, hyper-detailed, where anything can happen, and we want to do that. It's 4K on the X. It's 1440p on the S. We do lock it at 30, because we want that fidelity. We want all that stuff. We don't want to sacrifice any of it. Uh, fortunately, in this one, we, we've got it running great. It's often running way above that. Sometimes it's 60 but on consoles, we do lock it because we prefer the consistency where you're not even thinking about it. Okay. So, uh, here we go, right? Um, now, all right. I want to say this. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to keep that same energy guy. Um, it's, yeah. That's an L for me. It is. It, it just is. Yeah. I'm not going to make any bones about that. It's it's unfortunate that that's what's going on. Um, and, you know, Xbox, whether it's unfair or not, is going to have a real tall order on their hands moving forward of trying to avoid this being the norm. Um, you know, or just the, like the preconceived notion. Oh, can't wait for another 30 frames per second Xbox exclusive. You know, like that kind of pessimism that's, you know, kind of toxic and annoying, but warranted because it keeps happening like that that kind of thing is going to be a problem for them um if there was ever a game where i can say okay i i can see why this would be a lot to try to get at 60 frames it would be starfield um the problem is is that you know redfall also happened too and unfortunately that bad taste isn't quite out of people's mouths yet so this is this is a uh, it's a bummer. I'm, I'm just not going to make any any you know bones about it. I, I think this is going to compel a lot of people to probably go for the PC version. Um, and uh, us console users will will be sitting here kind of jealous about that. And I just feel like that sucks. I feel like it sucks that um, we get the most powerful console right as it's marketed, but we kind of get the shitty end of the stick. Um, it's it. It's just it's 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 so muddy, man. It's it's unfortunate. 
I, I don't, you know, I never want to engage in whataboutisms, but there is something to be said when a Sony exclusive comes out and it's 4K 60. Like, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Spider-Man 2 is a 4K. I think it's like checkerboarded, but still. Uh, no. Yeah, but still, like, there's something to be said about that comparison. Like, I get the massive and how massive uh, Starfield is and what it's doing is completely different from what Spider-Man is doing. But there is just that basic level of comparison. Xbox's number one game coming out this year and PlayStation's number one game coming this year. Again, I don't know anything about this. I'm going to go ahead and chalk this up and attribute this to the fact that, you know, it probably, in terms of cost effectiveness, just doesn't is not worth it to them to kind of get in there and make this run at sixty because of all the work they have to do. Also, do with the S, I, I am not a frame sensitive guy. I think four K thirty capped. I think that's fine. I actually think it's it's. I think that that's a relief to me in terms that it's capped. But I am not gonna sit here and tell you that I'm happy. That it's capped at 30. Uh, regardless of how I am in terms of sensitivity, there is a difference between 60 frames and 30 frames, especially when you're playing that game consistently. You you know that, especially on a first-person game, like a, a game that is predominantly first-person, which these games usually are. So it is a little bit of a bummer, no lie. The, the fact that it is 60 frames, I mean, I mean, 4K, 30 frames locked. I think that that's the least that they can do, and they've done that. So it's not a complete like. It's not a complete loss, but there's still something to be said about the fact that it's not going to be running at 60. And it's like um, it's also the boner but, for 4K too. It just it's irritating. It's like yeah, I, I know you care about fidelity, yeah. but it it's harder for people to appreciate fidelity when a game is choppier. You know, like it's not hard to understand. But, people like 60 frames for a reason, man. Like it. But Marco, how would you feel about this? Because this is the thing that I don't understand. He says sometimes it runs 60, but it's not fully capped or whatever. How about giving us a choice to run it at 1080 or 1440 at 60? You know, like, why not give us that that chance? Even though if it's a fucking mess, but you have the ability to play that game at 30 capped and it, it runs clean. I know there's artistic view and your vision for the game, but it just feels like a lot of these developers, and not just the desert, but a lot are taking like choices away from us things that are completely uh, they're capable of doing but rather not uh so i just feel a little bit weird it about that because uh, yeah it, why not let us give us the opportunity to run this at 60 frames 1080p like it, yeah. yeah sure that sucks it's not but it's 4K, our choice but if exactly you know and, and then again i hate to engage in what about isms but you know, a, a game like Forbidden West gave us that choice to do that, and you know that game graphically intensive as all hell too, and all that. Yeah, so I don't know, man. I I I I need to understand what's actually going on in in the uh, I use this word already the innards of the Xbox Series X because it, it it becomes the thing where it's like the developer this yeah Series S is holding it back, and now I'm a, now I'm asking myself. Is it just that, or is the Xbox? Is there something about the Xbox Series X that prevents, in terms of the way the GPU, the way it bottlenecks with the SSD, and there's something there that's stopping that from uh, that console from achieving 4K? Yeah, here's the thing too. It's like you've had what has it been like two and a half years of 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 a sample size of seeing how much people have fallen in love with 60 frames on consoles. You're not stupid. You yeah. know this is what people have clamored to. You've seen the backlash of what happens when a Gotham Knights comes out 
and it's only 30. You've seen what happens when one of your own damn games came out at 30, and, and you decide, you know what? No, we still want fidelity. We still want... Well, it's not yeah. always going to... Who are you making this game for? Are you making it for yourself, or are you making it for the player base? Yeah. If you're making it for us, yeah, then do what we would want you to do. This 4K man, like it, it was it feels like a mandate that had no real meaning behind it other than we just want to be able to hit that number and say we made this game in 4K and it looks good in still shots or it looks good in trailer form. Like this game has to be practical to play. And I don't care what anybody says, playing a 30 FPS shooter in 2023 is wild to me. It's wild. So, you know, as I said earlier, I said, you know, scenario wise, I might have to play a different way based on the performance. I think this kind of mandates where I got to go. I mean, eventually, and, and, you know, what I will say is that when you play a game for 30 frames long enough, your eyes do eventually adjust to it and you, you notice sure, sure. less of the jank. But there's all kinds of other variables as well. Like certain TVs are um, more prone to looking choppier than others. And, you know, it, it's, there's a lot of different nuances to this, too. So it just sucks that, you know, already the console audience is kind of out of the gate getting the shitty end of the stick with a game that is this important. Yeah, it, it, it does suck. I mean, you know... Uh, it's just weird because he's, he's he's very gun ho about his vision, but like I mean, really uh, a resolution in terms of 4K that's part of your vision because I don't want to compromise any of the of those things to make it run at 60. Yeah, I mean I'd compromise 4K native for 60 frames. Yeah. Sure, why not? You know, uh, well we'll see we'll, we'll see. I will Maybe, say you for, know, for we'll see for, what for Series S though. 1440p, 30 frames. I'm actually impressed about that end of it because Series S isn't, you know, yeah. it's not as capable. But yeah, this is this is a bummer. Which that which means which means that the 4K is native, and and I and I I hope that that we'll see some kind of um, how do you call it uh, RTS? Uh, what is it? Uh, ray ray tracing. Oh. Yeah, ray tracing and HDR, H, all that good shit. Hopefully, that's all part of it. But yeah. Anyway, uh, it's still my <laughs> game of the show. I know we talked all that <laughs> stuff, and I'm like, yeah, it's still my game of the show too. Um, yeah, I, it, yeah, it's, it it is. That's just it. It sucks that that's such a huge caveat, but because yeah. it is right, we're not gonna sit here and be like, we're not gonna play this game because no, we're not gonna no. play, and we're probably gonna enjoy the no. shit out of it, and it's gonna be great. But it would be yeah, good if it was sixty. It, it is I gotta figure out something. Um, so, a lot of TVs have like these like these motion kind of things where they insert black frames and to simulate a, a higher frame rate. So oh, maybe, right. maybe there's some kind of TV or monitor related stuff we can do to kind of mitigate a lot of that. But um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up. We got it. We got to move forward. So let's give this uh, show a grade Xbox and Starfield showcases together. What was your ultimate score for this event, Pablo? Well, it was a, but no, 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 it was, uh, I was straight B um, I, I thought that actually, you know, I'm going to call audible. I'm going to go B plus. Uh, okay. I think that they showed a lot of the stuff that I wanted to see and maybe it wasn't exactly the way I wanted it to see, but I can't be a little, I, I can't ask for two. I can't ask for uh, the show. Wasn't exactly how I wanted it. They showed things that I wanted to see. I think that like to your point 
a great first step in terms of what's next for them. I think that they they did a lot in way of showing new IP. Uh, you know, obviously like like Clockwork uh, Revolution. Even though I wasn't a huge fan of Avowed in terms of that looks, that's still an Obsidian game that's going to be fire. Fable looked great. Metaphor Refantasio looked fucking awesome. They, they, they showed a lot of good shit. Obviously Starfield it blew yeah. my mind. So yeah, I, I think B. I think an argument could be made for A minus, but I'm gonna go B plus here. Uh, I think that it was a great show, the best show that I've seen this year so far. Uh, yeah, I have A minus as mine, which probably is gonna surprise a lot of people. Um, maybe even you to a degree. Like, I mean, I. I yeah, I, for sure. It all comes it back does. to what I said at the start, and you touched on it. It, it. This is a matter. This is a matter of steps, not leaps, right? And I think that we have to keep that context in mind when we talk about the turnaround that we all want to see Xbox have. We 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 want. I mean, unless you're a fanboy and you root for for companies to fail, then you know you're not part of this conversation, I guess. But like, I want to see Xbox thrive, out. and I want to see them bounce back, and I think. This was a great, great way to do that. Was it a perfect show? No, it wasn't. And even the things that irked me, the Sea of Thieves, the ESOs, the Fallout 76s, it, there's, a, there's a part of me that understands. Even with, even with other showcases, I, I have to take myself out of the equation sometimes and, re, and remember that not everything I'm going to see is, is, is Marco-ready. It, it's not Marco-approved. It's going to be... A little for people over there, a little for people over there, something in it for me, and we all kind of go home with, with something in our hands to say, all right, we got that, you know? And I think that was the kind of show it was for me. Another reason why I gave it an A- minus is because a lot of this was very single-player-centric, which I was really happy about. Not everything was, of course, but yeah, a good yeah. portion of this was very single-player-focused, and I like the fact that they leaned into that um, in a way that, gave me the kind of contrast I wanted to see between them and what Sony's doing right now, which I think is a very good yep. thing in, in the favor of Xbox. I like the pickups they have for Xbox Game Pass as well. Um, the Atlas relationship looks to be paying off very well, as does um, the Like a Dragon series. Um, and I think that, you know, even though I had some, some you know, issues with Fable, I'm glad that it showed up. I really am. I'm, I'm glad that Avowed is there. Even though some people don't know about the art style and the graphics, glad it was there. Senua Saga looks good. Um, it all looked good, um, you know, to me. It's just a matter of, you know, how these games ultimately come out. And as Phil said at, at the X-Cast uh, interview, like, we know it's playing is believing at this point. So, yeah, I got to wait yeah. till they come out and, uh, and then I'll know in retrospect how good this showcase truly was. But I think that, this was as good of a showcase as I think Xbox could muster, coming off the heels of a lot of failed uh, years and and trying to right the ship. I, I'm I'm really impressed with the amount of work they put into this showcase. Even though it was disjointed, yeah. even though there were things I didn't want to see, I still liked it a lot. And I will say they didn't completely empty the no. clip either because still didn't show nope. Indiana Jones. They still didn't show nope. Perfect Dark. They still didn't show Everwild. Uh, they didn't show the State the, of the, the rumored, um State of Decay, oh, right, State of Decay, uh, and, and other stuff. They, so they didn't fully empty the clip. So they, they still got stuff. So that's important, too, to note that, you know, sometimes some of these showcases, they empty the clip, and then we, we got nothing for, like, exactly. four or five years. PlayStation's infamous in doing that. Uh, and so... 
it's good that not only did we see what's coming soon or soon-ish at, and stuff from the future, we know that they also have other stuff to fill in those gaps as well. So that's that's super exciting for Absolutely. them, for sure. Absolutely. So, Pablo, let's go ahead and transition now into Summer Game Fest. The Keeley Show uh, took place uh, in the days prior to the Xbox Starfield Showcase. Uh, we're going to run through these uh, you know, pre- somewhat rapid fire, because some of these I don't have a lot to say about. Yeah, some yeah. of them I do, uh, and I'm sure you feel the same way. And then we'll wrap it up with our uh, review and grade and biggest disappointment surprises in Game of the Show, just like this time around. So I'll go ahead and kick it over to you. Walk us through it. Yeah, we'll go through the games here uh, same kind of way uh, in terms of order, how they showed up. Uh, we cut a yes. lot of these games out because there's a lot of fluff, a lot of bullshit in these. Uh, no offense to any of the developers, but in terms of what we're interested in and what we think our audience wants to hear. These are the games. We start off the show with Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, uh, coming out January 18th, 2024. Uh, I'll jump in real quick, Marco. Uh, my first video game I ever played was Prince of Persia in 1989. Uh, and that was really what got me into like the world of games. Mario's what made me fall in love with them, but... Uh, I thought this was super dope. I, you know, heavy, heavy nostalgia in the in the side scrolling Prince of Persia of it all. But I thought also artistically, I think it was a cool art choice. I think that the entire premise, you actually not being the prince, being someone who's going to rescue the prince, I think that's awesome as as well. Uh, I I I thought it was great, man. I I loved it. Uh, what did you? Yeah, think? honestly, I wasn't that high on this one, uh, and I'm I think I'm in the minority here, but that's all right. I just thought that it looked a little. Um it looked a little cheap to me. I don't know. The art style didn't look that appealing to me. Um, I didn't really get the whole like aesthetic. It's Prince of Persia, but you have this like it's hip hop music all over it. Like I don't. I'm not a stickler for that kind of stuff, but it it just kind of threw me for a loop there. I mean, the gameplay looked all right, but I guess overall it felt like one of those like eight to ten hour games that kind of come and go, and you go, oh, that was cool. Um, I mean, it is nice to see you know Ubisoft making these kind of games again instead of just like, let's figure out the yeah. next military shooter to make. Uh, so I guess that's a win in, in, in that sense, but this doesn't do anything for me personally. All right, so moving on. Next game was Mortal Kombat 1. Uh, another uh, another Realm Studios came out here, showed it all off. We talked about the Clone Fighters, all that good stuff. Uh, comes out on 9-19-2023. Uh, Marco, what do you the think? The Renaissance is, uh, is here in full effect with fighting games, man. Uh, Tekken 8 looks great. Street Fighter 6 came out to great reviews. Mortal Kombat 1 is shaping up really nicely. It's It's getting pretty interesting for the fighting game community, I'm sure. Uh, I just, you know, as much as I hate to be a broken record uh, over the course of our episodes, I'm, I'm not a big fighting game fan anymore, uh, but I do admire Mortal Kombat from afar. It was one of my, you know, childhood uh, favorite franchises, and it's nice to see that they're coming along really well. I think the reboot thing, though, to me is a little overblown. Uh, it's really not. It's, it is a continuation of the last game. It's just that they've kind of put you in a new universe where they kind of reshuffled the deck a yeah. little bit. But other than that, I think it looks good. It looks fun. And, and the fighting game community seems to be high on it. So good for them. Yeah, I'm not a fighting. Uh, I'm not a, a person who plays a lot of fighting games. If, if it's not Super Smash Brothers or Killer Instinct, I I always admire them from afar. Uh, but I will say, I, I came he- as a great pessimist into the whole entire thing, the, the show riding on the back of Mortal Kombat, and it came out of it on the other side, kind of interested in the game. I like the Clone Fighters thing. I think that's super cool. It's one button away. You fill a meter, a directional pad, and that button gives does makes them do different moves. I think all that stuff is really dope. I like that. 
unfortunately, it's not a game I'm going to be playing because of when it's coming out. It's going to be right smack dab yeah. in the middle of like the busiest month uh, in 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 gaming for this year. But anyway, moving on to the next uh, moment in in, <laughs> in the Achilles year, which was uh, Nicolas Cage introduced in Dead by Daylight comes out and is fucking weird. I just wanted to mention it here. Achilles loves rubbing the elbows with the with the Hollywood elites, but hey. Nick Cage was well informed. He, he, this guy's a professional. He knew exactly. He even made a joke about the hook in Day by Daylight, and he, you know, he 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 understood the assignment. You had anything to say about this? Yeah, uh, his character <laughs> looks like butthole in the game itself, though. The whole oh, game looks like trash. Just, the whole game like, was I, like I don't ass. know what the Dead by Daylight craze is, but like this is just like the the cockroach that won't die, man. Like, I guess it's fun, That's but like, uh, can we can we not? I play that game. I played it with Alex. Alex, uh, uh, he's the friend of the show. He loves this game. It's like his siege to our, uh, to it's you know, it's like he plays it that much. <laughs> and I've played a couple times with him, and I don't get it. <laughs> I still don't get it at Shout all. Out to Alex, but uh, what's wrong but with yeah, you? Uh, anyway. Yeah, Alex likes some weird <laughs> shit, bro. Anyway, uh, moving from there, we go into Remnant 2. Uh, I wanted to bring this up because I was completely shocked by how this game looked. I thought that the first Remnant uh, was okay. I mean, it was like its own attempt at a Souls-like co-op game but had guns. But Remnant 2 looks fucking fire, dude. I the, Like, some of that art style and some of the stuff that the, the, the game showed looked absolutely amazing. And it, and it comes out fairly soon, July 25th. Anything to say about nope. this? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it looked. I look. I I thought it looked dope. Uh, depending on how things pan out, that might be a game I play in July. Uh, Sonic Superstars. It's not made by uh, Team Sonic. I forgot the team that makes it, so I apologize. But Sonic Superstars, a classic side-scrolling platformer. It looks like you would think. It looks like a, a Sonic from the 2D platform uh, viewscape, except it looks pretty it's more like 3D-ish, nice. It looks pretty. Yeah. It, it, I thought. Yeah, I thought it looked actually kind of beautiful, and it was, you know, it looked like a upgraded version of that uh, of the Sonic. You think about like Super uh, Brothers, Super Mario Brothers U mm-hmm. to their Super Mario Bro- to Super Mario Brothers. That's the same thing that this looks like. Do you have what do you think? It could about be that? cool for me and my daughter actually. Now that I think about it, um, she might be interested Ooh. in something Ooh, like this. Sonic? Yeah, oh. I get her into Sonic and then uh, get her right back out because the rest of those games are booty ho. But that's full circle shit right there. I mean, look, I, I talk shit about Sonic, but I mean, Sonic, those, those first two Sonic, first three Sonic games were pretty iconic. Uh, so going back to Superstars and looking like that, that's full circle mm-hmm. shit right there. Uh, moving from that point, we went to Lies of P. We talked about that on the top. The demo yeah. looked great. That trailer looked absolutely fantastic. Marco, anything else? No, you no. Add? I think it's just, you know, it's going to be a matter of hoping that the gameplay I, I thought was a little stiff when I played the demo. Uh, personally, I didn't really enjoy it too much, but I liked the aesthetic. All jokes aside, the Pinocchio angle is kind of interesting and in how they repurpose some of the you know the, the 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 things from that universe is is pretty unique Hell too yeah. but probably not for me uh, to be honest with you yeah for sure uh and then uh they showed alan wake 2 uh didn't expect to see this here uh but there it was uh they showed uh the two playable characters and uh sam lake was there and he talked about how it's a 50 50 split the most interesting he said about the entire thing is that you can play either uh, saga or you can play alan straight through in their story and then jump into the one there are story points where you can actually 
jump between to make the story make a little more cohesive sense but you can actually just sit there and play the whole thing with alan and then play the whole thing with saga and it'll still make sense i think that's the kind of shit that we like about remedy in terms of when they're making their games how they take some chances when it comes to to all aspects of the game and i think that's a super dope approach to that. yeah I, I thought it looked uh i think it looks good i'm really excited about the game i think that the the Gameplay demonstration was a little weak, though. It was like it was basically what they showed in yeah. the trailer. Oh, yeah. You just see like an extended version of that, and that's all you really got. Um, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like the gameplay demonstration, but I do think that it's going to be a really well-made game, and I'm very excited about the unique little duality with those two players and how you can kind of swap them uh, as you go. And and I also like that they are uh, aware of the fact that it's been 13 years since Alan Wake One, and <laughs> we might have forgot some details, you know. So like, I'm just I'm glad that they understand that and that they, they've made this basically a standalone story with I'm guessing just maybe subtle nods to the first game. Um, but looking forward yeah. to it. We we we. We did get some more information since then because people actually have played it behind closed doors. And a lot of people who have played it behind closed doors have said, like people like Greg Miller and, and, and industry pundits have said that this is probably the most anticipated game now going forward. They played that demo clip they showed and a little bit more. And they said that everything that they've played just played looked as good as you would expect it to look. But the gameplay felt good, felt uh, uh, refreshing, and it felt like... It felt like a survival horror type, like like a lot like Resident Evil in terms of like how how they were described the game in terms of how it felt. So that's it. That's really exciting. Uh, then uh, they moved on to Warhammer Space Marine Two. Uh, they showed the three player co op campaign. This comes out this winter, twenty twenty three. I'm super excited about this. I'm hope I'm hope uh, hopefully Marco will uh, join me in on this shit and play some uh, some of the the co op. Any chance you of that know happening? Good and damn well. I ain't playing no damn Warhammer. <laughs> You know, I'm so sick of this franchise, man. Get this out of my facial features, bro. But Space Marine is particularly nice, man. You should. Uh, that's that I'll game. I'll just play great. Halo. Uh, I don't if know I want if you... a damn Space Marine. I don't need that. Oh. <laughs> it went from there. Uh, uh, Banishers, Ghosts of New Eden, uh, Don't Nod, other game. It's I, I liked it because it looks like the next game that they are making coming off of Vampire, which is a game or vampire is a game that I thought had really interesting ideas and it was had really cool moments, but ultimately just wasn't there yet. This looks like a continuation of that, even though it's a different game, but it looks a lot better in my opinion. Yeah. I don't have much to say about this one. I think that don't nod for me is just kind of, um, I don't know. They're, they're not the kind of studio that really does a lot for me personally. Uh, at this point, I, I like the fact that they, they try to go big and they try to do things that are uh, unique and, and uh, interesting. But for some reason, I, I don't know, their, their work just does not connect with me ever. And uh, I think I'm just going to kind of bow out gracefully here and say that it looks cool, but it's probably not going to be a Marco kind of experience. Um, all right. Then from there, we moved on to Spider-Man 2, uh, which this, this kind of solidified the entire thing for uh for me in terms of the playstation showcase where they really couldn't do this here they come out they talk about the game show the same shit and then they announce a release date like on this stage when you just had a whole ass showcase yourself what do you think about that Marco? yeah to me this screamed like this is an answer to you know the the negative feedback about the showcase let's let's uh. let's give them a release date for the jeff Keeley thing uh and let's kind of patch things up with what something like that um I, I guess that's all I got from it. As far as the release date itself goes, I'm happy to know it's coming out this year for sure, and that they have a confident but date. If they had it, 
if he had it available, why not just say? Well, you it? never know. I mean, it's you know? it's hard. It's it. Uh, there's a lot of things that were weird about that showcase from PlayStation, and and, and the Spider-Man non-release date was one of them, especially if they had a date in mind. So. I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, win, lose, or draw, we got a date. Let's just be glad we got a date yeah. and let's move forward with it and leave the stench of that showcase behind us. <laughs> For sure. Though, still a possibility you get uh, delayed to 2024. Anyway. Uh, Even. <laughs> like a Dragon, the man who erased his name, new trailer showed out. Uh, I thought it looked pretty interesting. Um, I, I still think they didn't show enough, and this game's coming out fairly soonish. Uh, you know, I'm a little bit low. I'm not high too much on the spinoffs right now after uh, Ishin. So uh, this game's going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting for to kind of keep me interested. But I, I do like Kiryu-san uh, quite a bit, uh, and so I'm looking forward to see how they carry his story forward here. I'm I'm really not, man. I feel like um, they're getting to a point now where these games are getting announced, and I was excited about all of them at first, but now it's just feeling like they're all just kind of, I don't know, they're all just kind of hovering around this mediocrity of, like, they're, they don't feel essential. Like, other than the mainline, like, you know, the the, the, the new mainline game. Like, yeah. These little spinoffs, to me, I just don't get what they're trying to accomplish here, and the trailer, to me, just looked like any Yakuza game ever, um, to the point where I just don't know, like, why like this this like really like oh i have no name thing like it's it's like okay man like it's this, it's the same game ever you know it's like you're, you're fighting in the grocery stores you're you're beating up gangs it's <laughs> and now you're just saying you don't have a name like dude you're in freaking camarocho everybody knows who you are at this stage of the game don't lie to me but not only that like the the fin- for those of you who are aware of the series the way that six ended, I thought was pretty perfect for him as as a story. And yeah. then him coming back in like a dragon, and then uh, then filling the gap between that. This kind of feels like they're taking that away from me a little bit because I thought that ending was pretty fantastic. And unfortunately, uh, that doesn't matter because now he's back, and not not only is he back, but he's also going to be featured in the next game as well, apparently. So yeah, uh, which which now makes me think if we're not leaving Camarocho, if maybe we'll play. A, as him and Kamurocho and Ichiban in Miami or something. That'd be interesting. Anyway, uh, then the show ended in a quite a spectacular fashion with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth showing out, coming out, gameplay, story trailer, kind of setting it all up. The announcement is coming in early 2024, technically still winter, and it's two discs, weirdly enough. Uh, Marco, what did you think about this, man? Yeah, I mean, Keeley's like the rumors were true was <laughs> that was a little that was too much sauce for me, man. Like I, the game had already been announced. Like what 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 was the rumor? Like it was going to be there? Like okay, I guess if you wanted to be that like impactful about it, okay. But like the the trailer itself I thought looked great. Um, you know, I I think this looks terrific and I love that the um, the story is taking some really interesting turns and that the gameplay and exploration and, and the locations as well all really look incredible. Um, two discs, my theory for that is that they're probably letting you go back to the locations from the first remake uh, as well as the new locations. And because of that, the size of the game is probably bloated. Uh, to a point where, you know, they're probably going to need a little bit more disk space to, to house all of that. Um, that's my theory anyway. I don't know. Um, it, it is certainly a hell of a marketing tactic to go, look how big this game is, you know. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, it. It is easily 
my most anticipated game of next year, and I cannot wait to get my hands on it. Would you be uh, disappointed if you can't go back? Not really. I mean, it would just depend on what what then, then what is the reason? You know, like it, are there even more locations in this game than we think? You know, like how big is this game really? Then um, I would almost yeah. be more excited then because then that tells me, oh, maybe there's like a lot of new stuff that we get to do, and that's not just yeah. new and old mixed together. So. So I look back on this. I looked through this because I was wondering about the two disc. It's not necessarily that. Uh, it's not necessarily that uh, uncommon. Red Dead Two, Cyberpunk, The Last of Us Two, and Final Fantasy VII Remake both had two discs uh, in on their PS4 versions. So like it's 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 not uncommon. Uh, and and I I know for a fact that Final Fantasy VII Remake was an absolute monster of a game in terms of size and and so i wonder if it's just kind of par for the course now so we'll see what happens there but man that that's it that that's all summer game fest was it, it showed a lot it had a lot of good stuff it had a lot of weird shit i had a lot of fluff a lot of bullshit and a whole lot of jeff Keeley. marco let's go ahead and break down the way we broke down the previous showcase here with biggest disappointment biggest surprise game of the year and game of the, game show, of the show, and then ultimately, yeah. yeah, and then ultimately the grade of the actual uh, showcase itself. Uh, why don't we start with you and your biggest disappointment? Yeah, this was like a dragon, the man who erased his name. Um, I, to me, again, this just felt like a very redundant, like boilerplate Yakuza game, and it didn't yeah. feel like there was a lot of real intention behind why this game even exists, other than let's make another game with Kiryu as the lead again because. You know, that's a big part of our history, and fans might like that. Like, yeah, I would, yeah. but, you know, I don't know if I like the fact that they're kind of, like, spreading the Like a Dragon license so thin right now with so many different games, and they're all kind of just doing slight different variations of the same thing, right? So, it, to me, I just wasn't sold on it. I think it looks a little bit plain and, and predictable as a, as a yeah. Yakuza type of game. So, that's my, that's my pick. Yeah, I, I didn't go for a game. I went more for a thing. I went for the Jeff Keighley experience as a whole. I understand behind the scenes, this man probably makes things happen and a trusted personality within the gaming community. Oh, yeah. But I, I, is he essential to the to the viewing experience? I, maybe this isn't nice to say, but I think this man's personality is like vanilla. He has is nothing engaging about him or endearing at all. He actually comes off across as kind of like a jerk at sometimes. Uh, I, I would rather see a stable of industry folk that take the stage and present games and developers rather than just seeing this guy over and over and over and over again. He doesn't add anything to, to the overall experience for me. Uh, I think for me, he's the worst part of the show. Every time he's on, uh, every time he's talking, it just feels like, okay, like, and, and look, I know this, this criticism has come across and, you know, uh, you can feel about it the way you feel about it, but like there was like zero women on stage. Like, you know, diversity wasn't really a part of the show itself. And, and I know a lot that, that, that may mean something or not, or maybe just uh, p uh, some people being too sensitive over overtly protective of, of certain aspects of social issues. But I think ultimately, uh, just him on stage all the fucking time. It just, he's not, he's not that interesting, right? He's not like, it's not like uh, we have like this magnetic person up there that all you can do is. It's not like Dwayne the Rock Johnson's up there consistently. You're like, oh, this guy is fun to watch. He's not fun to watch at all. So the whole experience is marred by the fact that we have to see this man's mug over and over, smiling, laughing, and staying, looking deadpan to the camera and saying shit like the rumors were true. Like get the <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> 
Here's what I want. I, I, I want Christopher Judge to give a speech before every oh. game that gets revealed for Jesus. seven hours of oh pure summer games fest and ads too by by AMD. Um, yeah, Jesus. Let me go ahead and give you my biggest surprise, Pablo, if you don't yeah. mind. I got. I actually put Spider-Man 2's release date announcement here, kind of for the yeah. same reasons I talked about earlier. Um, you know, PlayStation, to me, theorizing, felt probably like, oh, that was, you know, we probably need something to kind of pick us back up again. Let's let's make sure people know it's coming out this year. Um, so I'm glad that it's coming out this year. Uh, you know, like like we said about the PlayStation Showcase um, gameplay, it looked great to me. I'm, I cannot wait to play it. Uh, and I'm even happier that it is going to be a part of our game of the year conversations because it certainly seems like it's going to be a hell of a contender. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. What about you? Yeah, mine is uh, Prince of Persia, the lost crown. You know, you got, uh, sands of time that is getting remade and that's in development hell right now. So the fact that they're making a whole other Prince of Persia game and it's a side scrolling Prince of Persia game, which they haven't done since 1980 fucking nine. I think that this is great and wonderful. Again, you know, uh, how I felt about it, I already talked about it, so that was a huge surprise, and the way it opened the game, uh, opened the show, was was super cool as well, so I love that about it. Yeah. And what was your game of the show? Uh, I think we both got the same pick here, it's Final Absolutely. Fantasy VII Rebirth, uh, the rumors are true edition, uh, which is, <laughs> it's, like, it's like the new pre-order, like, deluxe version. <laughs> Uh, this looked great, man. Like I said, it's it's great to see that it's coming along so well. Um, I was really annoyed when people were giving like Square's Twitter account a hard time because they were like, you know, basically we're hard to work on the game, and people were like, well, but but we should see more of it, and it's like, man, just. <laughs> Can you just relax and let them do their thing? Like, obviously, like if Final Fantasy 16 has shown you anything, it's that when they're ready to show the game, they will show the shit out of that game. Like, yep. there's 92 Final Fantasy. There's literally another trailer for Final Fantasy 16 that just dropped during this recording. They are going oh, yeah. nuts over there, right? Yeah. And the demo's yeah, coming yeah. out actually uh, tomorrow, uh, Monday. Tomorrow, that, yeah. that would be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when they're ready to show, they will show. And they, they were ready to show. So you guys got to calm down. These guys know what they're doing. I know you guys love to hate Square sometimes because they don't put games on Xbox. But you know, you know, stuff, your, stuff your hate down. Relax. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it to you. Final Fantasy, let's not, get, uh, let's not get cute. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, that's the game of the show. And nothing was pretty – nothing was close, actually. So I uh, can't wait for this to come out. It's early next year, so actually we don't have to even wait that long. Nope. And I'm I'm excited for that, so uh, can't wait. So what are your what's your grade for the show here? So I gave this thing a C minus, Pablo, and in to me it was your typical Jeff Keighley showcase. It was um, you know him kind of overhyping things that didn't deserve it. A couple of things that were like, oh, that's genuinely surprising, and a lot of yeah. like the usual assortment of Keighley kind of games that you know kind of make it through. Um, I think to me the biggest thing that annoyed me was that he did a lot of grave dancing on E3. And you came out and you just did the same old pedestrian-ass Jeff Keighley showcase. To me, I think that's really where the L is for me. It's like, okay, you had your chance to kind of, you know, giggle and laugh at the funeral, right? But now you come out and you just have your prototypical boilerplate showcase Again, it's nothing against the games themselves. It's just the, the, the Keeley production to me is just I find it more obnoxious by you know by the day. And it's like, all right, at some point, to your point, it, it's got to stop being about you. 
It's got to start being yeah. about the games. And I feel like this is so curated by Jeff's tastes that it doesn't feel like like earnest uh, anymore. You know, it only really feels earnest when it's the award time when the vote is basically out of Jeff Keighley's hands, essentially. Um, so it just it just feels like he's kind of becoming a little too front and center for me. And and the, like I said, the E3, you know, the shade that he threw just was tasteless. And uh, what you gave us was kind of an average show at best. So that's why I got a C minus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, w- I went C+. Plus. Uh, I don't disagree with anything you said. I, I just basically, obviously, the, the Final Fantasy stuff, well, uh, I didn't even know that was a rumor, so um, whatever, but I, I yeah. was excited for that. Uh, and, I, and I liked everything else they show. Obviously, Spider-Man getting a release date, more of what they saw with Alan Wake, the, my turnaround in Lies of Peace, Sonic Adventures. Uh, I mean, Super Sargers dope. Like I said, Remnant 2 shocked me, and then Prince of Persia and all that good stuff. So I, there was a lot there that, that kind of changed my mind about certain games, including Mortal Kombat. So it, 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 what it showed, it, 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 it did a good job in that department. But in terms of, like, it wasn't a lot there anyway. Uh, so, yeah, C, C+. Plus, this is kind of like... This is like kind of like you said the the what you would expect from now from one of these things. So uh, hopefully next year, if this is what we have to, to to kind of suffer through, I hope that Jeff Keighley recognizes that maybe he's getting a little bit uh, too 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 much a part of this. Like it, it's it's becoming almost the Keelys in, in all honesty. Like actually, like like he would name it that. Like I feel like next year, people but, are calling it uh, Key Three, like that. <laughs> Yeah, like he's not is. really, do- and he's not doing much in way of dissuading no, from no. saying that either. Like you know, he's like all about it. Like, oh, maybe. I know Kojima. Yeah. So, uh, well, that is going to do it for all of our summer games coverage. That was a lot of ground to cover, but uh, we again we want to pay homage to all the games that got a chance to shine, or most of them, uh, and and give our thoughts and uh, reactions as you come to expect from cooldown time. Uh, hopefully, if you enjoyed that, you'll follow us at Instagram and Twitter at It's Cooldown Time, or subscribe to our show wherever you like to listen to us or on YouTube for audio version uh, if you want to stay on top of our future episodes. Uh, In the meantime, on behalf of Pablo, I'm Marco. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace out.